welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Go ahead. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Each of us takes turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by the star podcast, you can give these films a second chance. This week on the podcast is Tony's pick. 1994's Interview with the Vampire. Which is probably on someone's top ten list. Uh, top vampire, 10 vampire movies, movies maybe. <laughs> Vampire movie starring Brad Pitt. It also could be on top ten book a- adaptations because this is. You think? I personally, as someone who hates when you take a good book and turn it into a movie that doesn't follow the book, think this is a good ab- adaptation. It's pretty good. It definitely would be on my list of top ten book adaptations. Hmm. I mean, I do enjoy that it's not you know four hours long like Lord of the Rings. There so is that. also a shit ton of book adaptations that I've never read the book for because I don't care for those genres. Yeah. Like, I've never read a John Grisham novel. Never will. Don't at me. Don't care. It's not what I'm interested in. You just got canceled. No. <laughs> I did get... I know. I got canceled because in Ben's question on Nerd Talk Bitches this morning, he asked yeah. which was better... Uh, Fury Road, or or he asked, what Mad was your Road Warrior, oh, yeah, Road your Warrior or Beyond Thunderdome? And I commented, mine is Beyond Thunderdome, but to be fair, I don't like Fury Road. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that's what got me canceled. I'm pretty sure I've been canceled all I day. also put Thunderdome, but I was kidding. <laughs> I like Thunderdome. I don't hate Thunderdome. It's just not, it's just not great. Yeah, It's yeah. my favorite. It's Road Warrior. None of, them, none of them are great, Road Warrior but Road great. Warrior's the but, best. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it's easily Mad the best Max one. is weird because it's not really in that. It's a thing. It's not the whole thing going right. on. And then <laughs> Thunderdome is really weird, but I really like Thunderdome, but it's it's, it's weird. So Thunderdome is, is like so good. badly good. Yeah. So good. Like, it's ridiculously good. I, I mean, it's so good, but it's been well established. Let's Thor Ragnarok, okay? Let's relax. <laughs> I was saying, it's the been well there. established that I've trash-tasted movies, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so this... Is uh, two hours and three minutes of really? fun. Three minutes. They couldn't cut three minutes. I know. They could have cut. Preaching to the choir. They could have cut some Claudia out and they'd have been fine. Oh, yeah. There was lots of excessive piano playing. Not that I didn't enjoy it, because I did, but was it really that necessary? All that piano? All that piano? Well, you do love a good piano. Do penis. we need to go shopping that much? <laughs> there was a lot of shopping. There was a lot of shopping montages. I do love good shopping laptops, but still. <laughs> so what? Come you don't sound like you're complaining. You're like, I, I don't saying, like all these parts, but they are my favorite. I'm just saying that's not my favorite part. I'm just saying that. No, I hate all the blood sucking, but the blood sucking was. That if I had to cut three three minutes, which you should have, mm-hmm. you should. I don't understand the problem. Just make it two hours. Or two, and I mean, if you have to go over two, then it needs to be like two ten. Unless I don't know. Three um, minutes is such a weird time. Unless I don't know about it. When they do editing and the MPA or whoever the fuck it is adds the credits, and maybe that throws off the run times on these movies, I don't know. If that's the case, then I, I gotta stop with my big stance against having an hour and 59 Change. minutes. Two hours and one minute. <laughs> Like also, really? they probably don't have much control over how long it takes them to do that thing in the beginning. You know, the dun 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Takes well, I feel like that's a, at least that's a minute. A, but I feel like those are standard set. 
times, unless they're doing some kind of interesting uh, title card where, like, the hey, cop look. car drives yeah. drives got, off the Fox. Look. The cop car drives off the Fox logo. Sorry, I had to get that sentence out correctly. <laughs> I thought that was a vocal uh, exercise for a second. <laughs> I was having the a The quick brown fox trips over the lazy dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. But unless they're doing something special like that, I would think that all those little things were a set amount of time so they could... I have the answer to this. Look, they're making art. They don't go to time. They go till they're done. <laughs> I think... I, I just think somewhere in the back of my head it's rattling around that somebody else adds the credits. Unless it's a like Thor Ragnarok movie, yeah, baby, where they have like crazy I'm credits listening. or something, you know, or after scene credits and stuff like that. I don't know. So maybe there's probably a company that does that. So maybe that's why it throws it off. But I don't know. Okay. If you know, email us. Yeah. Or don't. Or, or don't. <laughs> Keep it to yourself because you're the man. <laughs> yep. So Rotten Tomatoes gives this sixty-three uh, percent mm-hmm. and eighty-six percent audience score. Yeah. But the winner is Metacritic. Metacritic 59. saves us again. Fifty-nine percent. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, how is this getting 59? Sneaky, okay. Sneaky gift. This isn't underappreciated. Sure. No. Like, Drac- this we, is- we sleep it in. Dracula also 59%. <laughs> Thank you. So the budget was 60. 60- there was a point where we oh, did not where really? I now, where we did not use 60% as our at some point we did. raised it. Hey, you no, know what? At some point we raised it. Hey, from what? From 50%? I don't know. Two hours and three hour. minutes worth of movie. We got to get going here. Because we made a big deal about Dracula not being we, 59%. We didn't use Metacritic. use Metacritic then. But there was a time when we, <laughs> where this was not, where this would not have qualified, which, and that's like, but Rotten Tomatoes, it was always 60%. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes was always 60%. It's 59. It was always 60%. We just didn't see Metacritic until like a year ago, didn't start popping up as a choice. And yeah. then it was like, oh, there is a percentage well, that's what, lower. I just if you would like, like to revisit the rules, we, we'll, we'll find up those rules. I'm just saying, there was a point where we started using that as a guideline that we didn't use it as a guideline yeah. in the beginning. And we it's just, weird sometimes when you listen to the back catalog because there's stuff that we're like, well, I can't do that, doesn't qualify, that now qualifies under this Metacritic rule, which at some point became canon which was not canon in the beginning. It's well, one of those weird things. Well, it's just, no, like, just like we didn't have tertiary object. We, we evolved. I'm just saying that it's just been... If you don't like it, we can take it away. Can we talk about this later? <laughs> but then Audra wouldn't get to enjoy this conversation. True. Well, that's true. Yes. It makes her feel like we'll she's in the room with her. us. We'll FaceTime her. It makes her feel like she's part of the podcast. She can grab some vanilla crunch ice cream. Like when Will calls <laughs> and we <laughs> have him on the podcast, it makes him feel like they're part of the experience. Lemon crunch, you're right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Dude, it sounds delicious. It does sound really good. We're going to go check some out. Tony's going to have us buy ice cream on the way home. <laughs> Only if they have lemon crunch. I well, know. I did want to go to the Kroger today. Dude, <laughs> when we went to Ruth Chris for our anniversary, we were going to get gelato afterwards, and the gelato place has closed. Oh, shit. That's what I said. That, it, I, I'm still upset about it. It's been a couple weeks. Damn. You may have to go to that. Well, it's kind of off way. That one place we went with the frozen ice cream. They have all kinds of weird shit. The Sub-Zero. And it was good. Okay. So. Is that like Dippin' Dots? Yeah, yeah, but they have a bunch of stuff. It's I do love just, me some Dippin' Dots. Even that. though they're really expensive. It's like five and bucks for a little cup. And only come out of a vending machine. Yeah. But this, they they mix your cream, whatever cream you want, and the flavor of ice cream that you want in a bowl and it's liquid and then they nitrogen yeah. freeze it so kind of like cold stone would mix your flavor for you but slightly different yeah speaking mm-hmm. of vampires the budget is <laughs> they are cold 60 million and the box office for this would ended up being 223 million mm-hmm. yeah it made a couple of dollars what did you think going in john i thought i love this movie i can't wait to see i don't really need to Let's see, see if it holds up 
Yeah, we'll see if it holds up. Like, I don't really need to wash this. I got it. Lane. I thought... This is going to make you hurt your feelings. It's okay. Hey, Tony, do like this. Okay. I thought... Man, I really don't want to watch this. I mean, I like it just fine, but I just... I feel like I've watched it so many times, I just can't be bothered to watch it again. That's what I thought. And I thought... I've seen this even before I met Tony. I saw this. Whoa! But... I never, it's only happened like six times. I never loved it. I thought it was all right. <laughs> I have some reviews. Okay. Is this, one of them by Ann Rice? No, but this one is from the Vampire Lestat. Interesting. He might be a little biased. <laughs> 10 out of 10, one of the best movies of all time. Uh-huh. You can, you can tell I really love this movie. I named two of my email addresses, not to mention my IMDb ID after Lestat and Louie. Mm-hmm. Where shall I start? The plot is exceptional. I have to give credit for that. And the cast is so star-studded. It is star-studded. There were not only pretty faces, but also great talent. It wasn't really a very big cast. This movie featured the likes... Uh, you know who's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, but... Um, do, 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 do. Important... Blah, blah, an actor blah, blah, to get blah. into every movie. Blah, blah, okay. blah, blah, it's kind of like Keanu Reeves, in which he acts the same for every different role he's playing. Who, it's, Tom Cruise? No, Keanu Reeves. I don't know where that came from, but okay. Did you accidentally read it? Is that from Dracula? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you read the wrong one? He was one? skimming, and then he said, it's sort of like he Well, he's like, he wants what? to talk about, you know, Brad Pitt's in this movie. Tom Cruise like, yeah, we, we saw the movie. No, I was asking if he was uh, comparing Tom Cruise to... Oh, well. ...to Keanu Reeves, because he's always kind of the same person. But yeah. I don't think that's true of either of them, really. Um, no, nah, not always. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has a a pool, and yeah. Keanu has a pool, but they also step out of it. Yeah, they're not. They're John Wick and um, Bill and Ted, or but at least Ted is not the same guy. Hey, it's Ted Theodore Logan. Mm-hmm. And like the person that Keanu Reeves is when he does like a romantic um, movie, a romance is not the same as like Bill and Ted or the John Wick guy. Johnny Utah. Or the character he played hey, in Bram Stoker's Dracula was just a piece of garbage, okay. and I've never seen that in any of his other movies. <laughs> okay, so this is the other one. Oh, uh-huh. Jacob John Taylor one. John Jacob Jingleheimerschmidt. <laughs> his name is my name too. Wow. Says, I have seen a lot of I have seen a lot of vampire movies. Okay. I have also seen a lot of good vampire. Yeah. And. And I, a lot of bad vampire movies. Uh-huh. Did you read this before you picked it? Maybe no, English, yes. it's possible English isn't his first language. We yes, always yeah, speak on their grammar, but it's really possible he, he does have an ethnic. He does have an ethnic name, John Taylor. I'm just Jacob saying. Taylor. Um, <laughs> Could be is, British. This is one of the bad ones. So does it speak English? <laughs> it is badly written and the ending is awful. The acting okay. is very good. The writing is awful. Anne Rice has no talent at all. She Tom, didn't write the screenplay though, Tom, dude. Well, actually, she did. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt <laughs> wasted their time in this movie. It's amazing how Anne Rice can take an interesting subject like vampire and make it totally boring. This movie is overrated. It is not a 7.6. See Dracula. Do, do not see... <laughs> no, this is, do not see the stinky poo-poo. What? Do not waste your time. Do not waste your money. Ooh. Do not see this pile of poo. It is not scary. <laughs> it is just poo-poo. Oh, my <laughs> God. Right, Tony, since you saying watch Dracula, which one do you like better? Do you a vampire or Dracula? Um, the movies? Yeah. Uh, probably Dracula. I'll go interview. Really? Oh, dude, way. There's a, the, the problem is, is the middle of this, to me, drags a bit, where the ending of Dracula drags for me, so I don't know. I'd have to watch them both back to back. But Okay, well, there's your, there's your homework. I like Lestat 
it's my favorite thing about both of those movies, but Lestat's not in this as much as I would have liked him to be, you know? Well, he if you want to watch a lot of Lestat, steps, steps <clears throat> in if, there's a, if there's Lestat that you need, I have a movie for you. It's a little something called although, Queen of the Day. We have to check Although out. the screen credits read screenplay by Anne Rice based on her novel, the script was hev- was actually heavily rewritten yeah. by director Neil Jordan. Yeah. So she doesn't re- she didn't really write the screenplay. There took her well, screenplay we don't know to what back degree. and they uh, <coughs> changed it. Okay, well, you know what? Just saying. I'm also very upset because... It's an IMDb trivia. For years, you keep hearing about how they're doing the Vampire Chronicles TV show or miniseries, and they they never do it. It's like, come on, man. Well, this was written by Anne Rice. Welcome back to the podcast, Queen of the Dam. Mm -hmm. Yep. Directed by um, Neil Jordan, who did Byzantium, which we may do eventually. I've never seen that. It's pretty good. Crying Game. Same movie. Uh The Brave One, which I also kind of liked. Starring Tom Cruise. Welcome back to the podcast, The Mummy. Yep. And Top Gun. <laughs> Christian Slater, welcome back to the podcast, True Romance. Heathers. Heathers. Cuffs. <laughs> Cuffs. <laughs> Hasn't done, we haven't done that yet, but. Thank uh, God. He was also in, um, oh no, we didn't do Young Guns too. We did Young Guns. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt, welcome back to the podcast, Ocean's Eleven, California, True Romance. Well, he's getting Mexican. rarefied air up there. He's getting there. The Mexican. Mexican. The Mexican. And the Mexican too, yeah, shit. He's in the Five Club. He may, he may be getting a jacket. Antonio Banderas. We'll be sure to mail that to him. Welcome back to the podcast, Desperado, Thirteenth Warrior. Christian Dunst, never been on the podcast before. She don't get a jacket or a pen. She might get a sticker. She was from Spider Man and uh, Bring It On. And my favorite version of uh, Little Women. Bring It On. (laughs) I couldn't think of it. I was like, what has she been in? I looked at her IMDb. I was like, I haven't seen any of these boring girl movies. She's the version of the adaptation of Little Women that she's in. There you go. Is Fantastic. She's also Marie Antoinette. Born That's true. And Inda <laughs> Alvi, welcome mm-hmm. back to the podcast. Yep. From she was in Resident Evil and Fifth Element. Yeah. This is her third appearance. Where she lost her head. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's also a... Hmm, no, she went in. Never mind. So, quick trivias. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was way more about Louis until Shocker. Tom Cruise came on and said, this is Lestat's movie. And he pushed himself into more of the movie. He and Brad Pitt hated each other. Because Brad Pitt didn't wear deodorant. Apparently Brad Pitt is a bit of a stinker. (laughs) You know what? I got a side with Tom Cruise on this one. And Tom Cruise is a control freak. And uh, Loom. Yeah. Uh, Pitt uh, hated working in this movie because he hated the contact lenses. Apparently Neil Jordan at first was making them hang upside down. Yeah. For a while to get their skin white. That's how they did the vein. So they had them hang upside down. Mm-hmm. So the blood would rush to their heads and their hands. And then the makeup artist would trace the veins to make so that the veins on their face were really prominent. So they had translucent skin. Yeah. And um, so Pitt was hating it the whole time. And finally he called Jordan and he's like, I don't, I don't want to do this movie anymore. He goes, well, I'll do whatever you need. What do, you, what do I need to get out of this movie? $40 million. He's like, well, I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, supposedly, Cruz. Uh, this is supposedly again. Cruz got fifteen million for this, and Brad got two. Slater got half a million, but donated it all to charity. The River Phoenix is charity because River Phoenix was supposed to be his role, but overdosed at, at Johnny Vampire Depp's room. Yeah. At Johnny Depp's, <laughs> or not Vampire um, Room, Viper, Viper Room. room. Yeah. yeah, while Johnny Depp's on stage. Yeah. Um, obviously, he would he would have been an awesome Lestat, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't Maybe. know. 
<laughs> He's Johnny Depp. He can do anything. I don't know. Except for not get beat up by Amber Heard. Or be in the Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that was a stretch. <laughs> Anne Rice was extremely upset about Cruise. You've probably heard this a million times if you've heard of this movie, but Anne Rice was extremely upset about Tom Cruise being with Stat. He was, he was not who she wanted. She made a big stink about it. But then after she saw the movie, she wrote him a formal apology saying she was wrong. Oprah walked out of the movie after 10 minutes saying it was filth. And I also don't give a shit about that. I could not care less what Oprah thinks about anything. Um... Uh, originally, Lestat was supposed to be either Rutger Hauer, John Travolta, or Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis automatically had the part, but turned it down. Daniel Day-Lewis would have been interesting. Because you never know who he would have showed up yeah, as. Well, a... <laughs> he would have been a completely different character, and he would have been I Lestat. I don't know about Travolta. Travolta's one of those people I was like, I, I don't think he would do Travolta good, has a dance but, number all But I kind of want to see it. <laughs> but you got to remember, this would have been in the set in the late 70s. So it wouldn't have been... Oh, that's true, because this was out for a while. it was supposed to come... It, the, it so was it written been in... Bobarino as Lestat. <laughs> the novel was written in the 70s. I think the script hey. was optioned... I think the trivia said 76. <laughs> so the script was optioned in 76. Come on, Louis. Rutger Hauer and Travolta. So that's not crazy Travolta. Yeah. That's young Travolta. It's hungry Travolta. Mm-hmm. So maybe if he had got, maybe if they'd done this then and he had gotten his, maybe he, they would have given him a lot more serious roles rather than just letting him chew up the scenery. Antonio Banderas has an odd speech pattern in this because he did not speak English and this is one of the first movies that he ever did in America. And basically, they said it made him who he was. He didn't know what the he didn't know what he was saying. He just had an acting coach tell him what to say, and then he did it. He copied him. <laughs> he did like, I am the vampire. For the international <laughs> release, though, he did dub his own lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice he's song. the only actor in the in the Spanish speaking version that is playing himself. Synopsis: In the early mid '90s, a 200 year old vampire decides to sit down with an interviewer and tell a story of his life. So far. His life so far, and how he was born to darkness at the hands of the vampire Lestat. Film starts as we watch the sunset in San Francisco. We float through the city. Uh, lights uh, now night. The uh, city now turns night as a haunting melody plays. Moving through the busy streets, we come across an apartment building. Um, in a mostly bare room, there are two men. One dressed in a suit watches people below through a window. And the other sits at the table setting up a recording device. He interviews people. A recording device. It's a tape deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this takes place in the 80s, I think? Or is it the early 90s? 90s. Uh, 90s, yeah. Because the book was in the 80s, but this was the 90s? This came out in 94, so it was set okay. in 94. So he wouldn't have had a digital recorder yet? No. I think he's on the cusp of that. No. I think they're just coming out. He's like, I got plenty of tapes, and they're yeah. smoking. Yeah. Um... Uh, so he's a collector of lives. He interviews people. He asks the man, Louie, um, so what do you do? He says, I'm a vampire. The interviewer, David, scoffs in disbelief. Louie says, I was waiting for you. David asks, for what? You're going to drink my blood and kill me? All that stuff? Yes. He says, but don't worry about that now. He turns and we see he has pale skin, blue veins, and piercing eyes. He dashes around the room, turning on the light and sitting in the chair before David can blink. How did yeah. you do that? Series of simple gestures. The same way that <laughs> you do it. just moved too fast for you to see. Whatever misconception David had before, he believes him now. Well, that would freak me out. Yeah. 
So David's torn between crapping his <clears throat> pants and possibly getting an amazing story. He asks Louis um, how he did that, and John says, same as you, simple gestures, just too fast for you to see. Brad Pitt has a great monotone delivery in this that you wouldn't think work would work because he's very emotionless and monotone, but it just... It's very Blade Runner-y. Yeah. <laughs> Almost noir. It makes me kind of think that I would like to listen to him as like a late night radio DJ. Yeah, if this acting thing was to work out for him, I'm sure he'll get right on it. Well, sometimes you just <laughs> like. I like to take a huge pay cut and work at night. But there's <laughs> not so many. But you know what I mean? There's not a lot of people that can be that emotionless and still. You want to. You know what you remember? Reservoir Dogs? KBLA Super Sands of the 70s? Yes. <laughs> There's the Bay City Rollers. Bye bye, baby. This is Stephen Wright, isn't it? Yeah. Also sounds fantastic. Um, Louis says, uh, should, asks, should he begin like Copperfield? He was born, he grew up, he goes, no, I should start when all this came to be, when I was born to darkness. As I call it. He explains to David that he, he started in uh, 1791. Um, he was the lord of a plantation, lost his wife and child in childbirth. Which we know is not true in the book. Gotcha. No. In the book it was his brother, but they put the wife in here to... The, one of the things about this movie is there was we were not the world was not quite as cool with gay overtones and stuff so there's a lot of where they were worried about that so they made it his wife instead of his brother because they wanted to make sure that he's not gay and it's like dude there's a lot of gay subtext in this yeah. in the books and it's it is what it is I mean it that is. always falls back on do vampires bone well these vampires can't get erections so there's you know I don't know how if that would matter to them. I feel like it's... Well, these books are very popular, and nobody ever really... Comp- it's not something... Like, everybody kind of recognizes there's gay subtext, but nobody really talks about it because it just is, and it's so well-written that it doesn't matter, and it's not important to point out, I would say, to mainstream people. Yeah. If this isn't a group you identify with, then it's just, oh, this is interesting, but... It, you don't really care about well, it. It's very niche if you're only marketing to homosexual vampires. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying, as someone who is not homosexual, it's not an, it's and not important vampire. to me that a fam- that a very famous book series has these overtones. I, I don't see myself in that. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's outside that group, it's not it's not shoved in your face or blatant. It just is, and you accept it, and you move on, and it just adds to the story where it adds. But it's not so I much... I appreciate that. I don't feel the need to... Hey, let me, let me yes. keep reminding you. It's like, hey, he dates a dude. All right, moving on. But yeah. they're just... The subtext is more, it's not, <clears throat> we're boning down all the time, bounce, shake, bow, wow. It's, I love you, I'm searching for a companion, for a life partner, for, you know, it's more that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I've seen a few documentaries and, and stuff that talk about it, that one of, one of the, I mean, and this is me as a heterosexual speaking out of place, but one of the things that they say is... You cisgendered asshole. One of, one of the things that they said had helped a little bit smooth the transition to people accepting uh, homosexuality was vampires. They said that a lot of vampire lore is steeped in homosexuality or perceived homosexuality because two men or women biting each other or whatever because they don't usually... They're sexual, but they don't usually have sex. So They're yeah. intimate, yeah. but don't have sex. So they said different it, kind it of helped smooth mm-hmm. that over. So different a kind of intimacy. A non-sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. But either way. You know what got me was rubbing up on those ding-dong. <laughs> well, they're rubbing up on each other's ding-dong, but ding-dong's just, it's not, it's just dong and it's not dinging. Yeah. There's no dinging his dong. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nah, it's, 
Now all I can think about is Song Yadong. Thanks for that. There's a uh, UFC fighter. His name. He's from China. His name is Song Yadong. And we're watching the fights last night, and they were. You got a name like that. At one point, at one point on the screen, because you know they used the last name. He's fighting a guy named Phillips, and like, and it said Yadong and Phillips between rounds two and three. They changed it from Yadong to Song. (laughs) So they changed it from his last name to his first name. And they they didn't call him because they'll call somebody by their last name. Like, oh, Phillips is doing real good. He's got to get it. They yeah. did not call him Yadong. Yeah. Every time they kept saying, Song Yadong. Were they saying, like, you know, Dong's really giving it to him. Oh, Dong's well, piercing him. Look at Dong thrust. Dong's there, pushing was, him. there was a couple Yadong jokes in Maybe the we beginning. Change this over but. There. Song or whatever. Well, his first name was Song, mm-hmm. and his last name was Yadong. Spelled Y A D O N G. Yadong. Yeah. Which is whatever. They probably would see our names. And Yadong was a hard hitter. You know? <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Your dong was ready to go. Uh, I mean, you know, Joe Rogan was over there giggling a like a fool. So anyway, continuing with the happiness, uh, he, uh, Louis' family died, and he just boozes it up, sleeps with whores, and gambles his money away as best he can, hoping for death. In a particular poker game, he wins a large pot with four aces, and his opponent throws a fit, aims a gun at his chest, calling Louis a cheat. You lack the strength of your conviction, sir. Louis opens his shirt, tells the man to do it. The man backs down, but this act of desperation or bravery, how you look at it, catches another patron's eye. And he follows Louis as Louis leaves with this whore, and uh, the whore is being followed by her pimp. They both try to rob Louis of the winnings, but a blonde aristocrat-looking man steps up and slaughters the pimp and the whore. Then he bites Louis with She's his... just a woman of the night. She's not a whore. Well, he calls they, her a whore. They, they call them whores a lot. It's okay. It's what their profession is called. He bites Louis okay. with, his, uh, with his fangs, carries him skyward. At the apex, the vampire asks Louis, do you still want death, or have you tasted it enough? He says, enough. And the vampire drops him into the... Or, well, it's not the ocean. It's the Mississippi, Mississippi River. The mighty Mississippi. So Louis can't fly. No. In, in the beginning, none of them really fly that's just for the movie staff flies later but which sucks like but they all have different powers too they talk well because the that. other guy I forget his name now gets to walk on walls louis doesn't get to santiago do yeah. yeah he doesn't get to do any of that I don't know. no because louis is a very weak vampire dude <laughs> john is having trouble with louis being so weak i mean i need he doesn't to, feed i need him to be a better vampire well there's plenty of other better vampires in the story like if blade walks by no, it's over. He won't even register. But it's, it's over. <laughs> Louis' humanity is in his weakness. If he was a stronger vampire, he wouldn't have held on to his humanity through all those years and his compassion and his morality. Look, at it's one part point, of what makes him so emo. Yes, but at one point he gets so mad and he gets enraged. He attacks Lestat. Lestat's big response was to laugh at him. Well, and that's because <laughs> Lestat is so much more powerful than Louis or any other vampire at that point. And also, not any vampire. And also, it's one of the reasons that. Everyone wants Louis is because he's different, you know. All the other vampires are like, I'm a badass and kill anybody with touching them. And Louis's like, well, I miss people. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that's weird. I want that guy around because I don't understand him. <laughs> Instead of hanging out with a bunch he's of special. other people. Like, that's cool. I miss people. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, he's depressed and he's like stereotypical emo boy it's really funny he has very strong feelings in a, a pool of sociopaths <laughs> yeah but either way louis stumbles home goes to bed and uh lays there weak and sickly from loss of blood obviously when the stranger returns uh louis points a gun at him and 
the vampire. The Flintlock too. Yeah. What are you cool doing in my home? Like, you better aim with that thing, son. <laughs> vampire explains that uh, he's come to answer Louis's prayers. Life has no meaning anymore. The wine has no taste. The food sickens you. There seems to be no reason for any of it, does there? But what if I could give it all back to you? Don't be afraid. I'm going to give you the choice I never had. Lestat uh, leads him to a cemetery, drains him, and then he explains it's a simple choice now. If I can leave you here and you die, or you can come with me, you'll be young always. Uh, sickness and death can never touch you. But you have to decide. to live forever. Louis says yes. All right, so in a world where vampires and immortals both exist, who wins? Vampires. I gotta go with immortals. If a vampire drinks an immortal's blood, but if vampire, does it, is it stronger than regular human blood? Vampire bites an immortal what? He, no, he just breaks his neck because I move at the speed of light and I'll be right back. It's true. Immortals are still just, they don't have like special str- speed or strength. They're still just dudes with swords. Yes, but they might, they might uh, catch a couple of them. <coughs> you know, he bites them on the neck and drops them and then he turns away and, and the guy stands up and cuts his fucking head Actually, with a sword. Actually, if you were a vampire, you would want to round up all the immortals for your food because you know you can drain them but they won't die. That's true. They'll always come back mm-hmm. and then they can just really kill off all the humans because they don't need the humans because they have their little immortal pool. <laughs> they are kind of a vampire cheat code. I just keep them chained in the basement drink them. I don't have to worry you hunt ever again. What is it? I got up, up, down, down, down. <laughs> the economic of, of people. Um, so either way, Louis, Louis says yes. Lestat slashes his wrists and feeds the blood to drained Louis. Uh, Louis doubles over in agony. Lestat says, look, your body's dying. Pay it no attention. It happens to us all. Louis continues to writhe in pain, gasping for breath, but then his body grows still. His teeth grow sharper. His eye color lightens a shade and then uh Lestat tells him to look with his vampire eyes me and Vic always joke about that look look with your special eyes (laughs) see now when Louis becomes a vampire he did not pop up and say more he's supposed to pop up and say more Kirsten Dunst did it Kristen Dunst she's a monster though yeah she's a monster Lestat did it he's a monster he's not a monster he's the one actually that's not necessarily what Lestat did he did in Queen of the Damned uh-huh. That piece of dog trash. <clears throat> Ouch. A bunch of stinking yeah. awful. Dog trash. But that wasn't what Lestat did when he was made a vampire. Yeah, you know. You weren't there. I've read the books. <laughs> I, <laughs> what is it that they, I've read the extended universe. Was it Magnus? EU made him. Uh, yes. Didn't give him a choice. Jumped in the fire afterwards. Picked him out because he was handsome and blonde. Yeah, and then he wakes up in a room full of Lestats. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Lookalike he, he corpses. He thought he was special. He's like, oh, he picked me because I'm hot. And then he looks in the back, and there's just a bunch of people that look exactly like him. He's like, oh, he just has a type. <laughs> <laughs> we, he, it's never explained why he picks him. Um, so Louis stands up, starts studying everything around him. David, in the narration, David stops and says, uh, so well, what did you see? And Louis says, well, I, it's indescribable. You might ask heaven what it sees. Statues seem to move, but didn't. David asks about the lore of vampires, crosses, stakes through the hearts, coffins. But uh, Louis says all that is basically just a bunch of bullshit, except coffins. Coffins, coffins are important. Or a necessity, he says. Yeah. They don't really need coffins, so they just need a completely lightless place to sleep. And if you open a coffin and see somebody and they're not moving, it's not going to. It's like, oh, okay. That's true. Although, if I opened a coffin and saw somebody not moving, but they weren't. Um, Decomposing it all, it might freak me out a little bit. 
Depends on how long I've been there, I guess. I, I just said might. What if it's airtight? Suck all the air out. You can't decompose without air. You'd get mummified. It's not air that makes you decompose, it's bacteria. You know, like if you people that die in space, they don't decompose or anything, they just die. And they never ever do anything but float for eternity. Thanks, until, Creeper. Until they hit something. <laughs> Imagine you're just flying around, do do what the fuck is that? <laughs> is that a person? Swing back around. <laughs> Get it off the windshield. Get it off. Get it off. <laughs> So that gives Louie a cough and Now I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. That was not Guardians of the Galaxy. No, that was Endgame. I know. We mm-hmm. should watch Endgame. I know. We did just watch Thor Ragnarok. We did just watch Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Stand by. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. I think I want to pick it for the podcast. Good call. Happy Women's Empowerment Month or Women's History Month, whatever it is. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Why strong females? Um, well, that gives Louie a cough and explains there's nothing to be scared of. You'll wake up uh, better rested than you've ever been. The following night, Lestat takes uh, Louis to a bar where they feed on a barmaid. Mm-hmm. Louis refuses to kill her. Lestat doesn't have such hang-ups and leaves two coins for her afterwards on the table. Yeah, why do you do that? Yeah, tradition, I think. He's rich. For body was disposal. It to cover your eyes for the river sticks? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was for body disposal. Maybe. They return to Louis's. Yes, if you don't leave coins, they'll just leave the body there for eternity. Or maybe it looks like they tipped her and she passed out so that people don't automatically go, hey, what happened to that barmaid? She looks dead. <laughs> I don't think they care about that kind of thing. That the barmaid is dead? I'm pretty sure whoever owns that inn does. Yeah, but the vampireless don't. The vampireless don't? The vampireless don't. I was trying to throw a lot of vampires And vampireless that just mm-hmm. kept wanting to flow out. <laughs> <laughs> so you put them together, the vampires don't. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking cranberry juice, you don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. They return to Louis' estate, hang out in the dining room. Uh, Lestat continues to push Louis into killing humans when a servant enters. Lestat stops the conversation immediately. The servant is worried that Louis and Lestat haven't eaten anything, and uh, there's a large spread in front of them. Uh, Lestat... Uh, Louis dismisses her and says that they'll just eat later. Unless that says, don't worry, my share. Louis is hungry enough to eat the entire colony. <laughs> Louis finds himself gazing at the veins in her neck before she goes. And that is the same girl from Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The co-star with, uh, what's his nuts there? Tom Cruise. Hmm. I, I forget her name, it escapes me. Um, Louis, uh, or uh, Lestat ex- explains to Louis how fortunate he is to have such a large estate to live in, and a rat runs by and he snatches it up, cuts it, and dumps it, the contents into a wine glass. That was a real rat that he grabbed. He's a trained it? rat that huh. ran by and he grabbed it. <laughs> but when he bit it, mechanical rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not method. <laughs> now, that would be, so then Tom Cruise killed a rat <laughs> with, his with his teeth. A trained rat. Yeah. <laughs> a trained rat. Well, I mean, that would at least be something. Mm-hmm. Louis tries the wine blood. Thandy Newton is her name. Thank you. That is her name. Uh-huh. She's been in a bunch of things. She's a very good actress. Um, tries I do the... like Mission Impossible too. Have I not? Have I done that on the podcast? You have not no. done a single Mission Impossible. Maybe you should write that down. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> Louis tries it and is taken aback. You um, should do the first Mission Impossible with Emilio. Emilio. The, the blood isn't good, but it works. Well, Seth says, "Do it for a week if you have to." It's useful if you're stuck on a ship for a month. But eventually you'll go back to people. Because it sucks. Yeah, no pun intended. But Louis like, I can stay alive with animals? 
I don't have to kill people? He's very excited. He says, I wouldn't call it living, I'd call it surviving. 57% around tomatoes. Woo! Wow. Mm-hmm. That's Mission Possible too. Sorry, I'm just going to check them all now. After. Look at the Metacritic on Mission Impossible 1. What is it? Mm-hmm. Keep talking, Tony. After this revelation, don't let us disturb you. After this revelation, Lestat takes Louis to a large party. About a week later, he uh, tries to train Louis how to hunt, how to pick the best prey. <laughs> 59. That'll work. Mm-hmm. That's the best one. Uh, how to pick the best prey. He, he tries to manipulate Louis by saying how he can kill evil humans. They taste better. And then he points out a well-dressed lady. This one had her young manservant kill her husband, and then they blamed it on a slave. Can you imagine what they did to him? Louis stops. Wait, how do you know this? Louis Lestat says, it's easy. Just read her thoughts. Louis says, I can't. He says, well, the dark gift is different for each of us. Vampire wow. abilities differ from vampire to vampire to some degree. But uh, no, in the books, no vampire can read their sire's thoughts, the person that made them. But I don't think that comes up. Okay, I can only do the first two Mission Impossible. After that, they start getting like 90% Rotten Tomatoes. Which really? is strange. What about Metacritic? Um, Metacritic I, I just recently watched mm-hmm. the last two, and I like them. Yeah, they're good, but I didn't know they were you that don't, good. But you don't often see, the longer a series goes on, the higher their no. scores get. <laughs> not, not usually. It's like, um, well, that's interesting. They're in the 70s, like less than 75. Hmm. So, I can do Mission Impossible 1 and 2, but after that, we're on our own. I haven't seen those in a while. Well, stand by, sir. Cool. Lestat says, one thing is certain. The older we grow, the stronger we grow. Uh, later, they break up and uh, into two groups and lead their people out into the estate grounds. Louis with the widow and her two poodles, while Lestat leads the, leads the manservant to another section of the grounds. Her boy toy. Yeah. With the older. T- too much blush. <laughs> John goes, how do you feel about his, his, the fop's makeup? And I said, it's foppish. <laughs> oh, I meant to. I, there was a makeup question. I was like, I, I should mention this to Elaine, but it's stupid. When the uh, barmaiden kisses. No, no, is it the barmaiden? Yeah, the one no, the bar. The grandmother. When she kisses Louis, and she leaves on his nose. Leaves yeah. uh, lipstick all over his nose. But then when they cut away and come back, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. That was fun. I mean, that happens. Yes, but it doesn't magically vanish. You wipe it off. Yes. Meanwhile, while I think about it, I'm going to eat this poodle, but let me first get this blush off my nose. I'm just saying. The older Maybe when widow. he ate the poodle, it got on the poodle. Yeah, that's and true. that wiped, wiped his face, it off. Wiped his face with the poodle. You no, know, because as he's kissing the neck, they zoom in on him. Um, and he's yeah, not on it's his nose. I didn't pay that It's just a bad edit, but it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> because he looks it's, ridiculous with the blush. It on. takes me out of the movie. Yeah, it takes you right out of the movie. You know? <laughs> I'm sure that's the same when the barmaiden licks Louis' face. I, I'm like, kind of wonder if he's just supposed to kiss on these girls necks and they're like I'm kissing Brad Pitt <laughs> and so they just like kiss him I don't know just I kind of go with it well, he wasn't right. really Brad Pitt at that time though. he was still a very attractive man I'm sure he was a very attractive man but this is so you know who didn't like kissing Brad Pitt was Kirsten Dunst yeah. said he had the cooties because she was 10 yeah. but I wasn't oh man now it's going to take me too her, long to find it her all kissing in point, movies like she's an still important 10. point to make about his about this because he really had done Thelma and Louise before this but as far as movies go he hadn't really done that many because they all come out about the same time so like this comes out the same time the same so year as Legends of the Fall and Seven comes out the next year with 12 monkeys sleepers is in 96 and then he doesn't seven years in tibet doesn't come out till 97 no, so legends of the fall and um 12 monkeys and uh 
Thelma and Louise were like really big movies for him. Like, yeah, but he wasn't really the star. But he was, he had a cameo. Thelma no, and Louise was, like, was so in '91, so it's been three years since Thelma, Thelma and Louise. And the only yeah. thing he's been in in between there is Cool World. <laughs> that was not. I mean, he was him. in A River Runs Through It. I never saw that. It's it's pretty good. That's actually. what I heard. And then California. I heard that was movie. Was a amazing. bunch of people. I'm sure a ton of people saw that. He had a small bit part in true romance but like he really wasn't he's like he was oh that's the hot guy from thelma and louise honestly if you saw ha- thelma and louise honestly you'd probably have to look at like the gossip rags because that's what made stars back then unfortunately because i know he was dating what's oh. her name and almost got killed by mike tyson and uh yeah uh, and then he was, robin gibbons yeah and then <laughs> well, he was dating robin gibbons they go to mike tyson's house and he's there yeah but he did legends <laughs> scariest the- thing ever happened to him i yeah. guarantee oh, it's yeah. like oh jesus <laughs> but he does legends of the fall and becomes a fucking heartthrob yeah Yes, but I'm which sure that these women him, didn't mind kissing which, him. I don't know if this... I mean, I know he wasn't Brad Pitt yet, but uh, he's still Brad Pitt. Yeah, he, but... He, he wasn't an ugly guy. Not fan. everybody saw Thelma and Louise. Not even women, like... He'd it, been on Growing Pains, so... <laughs> <laughs> and the Facts of Life. No, yeah. was, but, facts um, of Life was Clooney. That's true. That was Clooney, you're right. And got a spinoff that was terrible. That I watched, unfortunately. Okay, um, okay so the old lady... Doesn't uh, is very surprised by Louis being interested in her. Louis tries to talk to her a little bit, but the dogs won't stop yapping at him. Probably something to do with vampirism. He eventually just yanks them to his mouth and eats them. Drinks them both dry. Across the uh, yard, Lestat leads the servant to a dark spot, kills him. But then hears the widow screaming about someone being a murderer. He dashes over. You killed my pupilus. Snaps her, snaps her neck. My beautiful butterflies. Lestat screams at him, you whining coward of a vampire. You prowl the night killing rats and poodles. They fight. Louis throws Lestat into a couple of trees. Lestat And Lestat laughs. fucking laughs at him like, bitch, please. <laughs> you can't kill me, Louis. Like, give it your best shot. You're not coming close. <laughs> Lestat reiterates his point. You can kill rats and chickens and poodles, whatever. But eventually, you'll have to come back to humans. So, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what is his power level at this point? So this was after he had already drank from Akasha. So he was up there. No, this is before. This is before that? This is before. Once he drinks from Akasha, he's Superman. But that's like, that's in the 98. No, this thing. is... So, he drinks from Akasha... He drinks from Akasha before he meets Louis. So he was super powerful. He was, but it's not... He had like one drink. One it, drink will do it. <laughs> no, one drink won't do it. It's why he didn't die when Louis and Claudia tried to kill him. It's how he survived. But because Louis was the third vampire he had made within the first couple decades, he wasn't a strong vampire. He drank from Akasha before Interview with the Vampires? Yes. And then Marius kicked him out because he made Akasha move. And then he traveled to the New World because his father was there. His father had immigrated to the New World and had left France because of something with the revolution. Because when he, because after Cause he his, drinks from Akasha, it's it's game over. He's like, he can fold a coin ten times, yes, throw people over the horizon. Of the he's earth super powerful when he or, walk around in the daylight. His he only had one drink from Akasha, but it escalated him from he was already very strong because he was Magnus's only child, and mm-hmm. Magnus was super old. Right. So he was already powerful, but. When you make so many vampires back to back to back, they're 
Yeah, like they're Rick decreasingly is. strong. So even the only reason he can even make Louis at all is because he had drank from Akasha. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been powerful enough to make a third vampire so fast. Well, she it. I'd have to. I believe you, but I'd have to check that because that's that's crazy. So, he should be super powerful. Like so, I can pick that ship up. But it made well, him so go from like he's laughing at Louis because. Like, well, he, I mean, he laugh but at he's Louis only anyway. been a Come vampire on. for like twenty years or something you can like that. Take Louis, yeah. <laughs> But he's only been a vampire for twi- for like 20 years or something like that. He should be... His real father is still alive when he goes... Because he goes there because his father has gone there. And he goes to be with his father so that his father can die. You're talking about Lestat? Yes. Yeah. I thought Lestat was all about his mother. Yeah. Well, he makes his I mother his vampire. father dies in the beginning of, in, of the No, vampire. his father doesn't die. Here his father... Go. Stand by, folks. Sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> his... <laughs> we should have had a pre-chat, me and Elaine, on this. His father doesn't die until... That's one of the reasons... He brings his father to Louis' estate. His okay. father is on the, on Louis' estate when... That's one of the reasons that they live there. After his father dies, that's, right. that's when they go to New Orleans. His father's blind. Yes. That's right. I do remember that. And that's why they eat on empty plates. But he makes... Once he made Gabriella or his wife... His that happened right after he got made. But she only stayed with him for like two... For like a year or so, and then she Tell wanted to that. go off, and he wanted to stay and be with Nikki and be with because he also that's Bodies. when they're in Paris and he meets Armand. Okay, all right. <laughs> but so my question was, how powerful is the stat? But right after now? he the answer up, is so he made Louis, Superman. <laughs> but he makes Gabrielle, and then he makes Nikki, even though she says don't make Nikki, and then she leaves partly because he made Nikki, and she doesn't want to have to take care of Nikki. She wants to go and explore and be a powerful woman because she's been so put down you know like stuffed in a box her whole life nikki's the one that plays the violin yes that's that insane he makes to spite but louis and well claudia nikki he made before them so he made gabrielle and then he made nikki nikki's his childhood friend oh, okay. then okay. nikki went insane but armand wants nikki so that they can start the theater of the vampires because armand was living with the children of the damned in the cemeteries mm-hmm and so he gives Nikki to Armand to babysit, and then he leaves because he's brokenhearted because Nikki is crazy and Gabrielle doesn't want to be with him, be his companion. Mm-hmm. So then he wanders and he finds Marius, but then after the Akasha debacle, he um, finds out his father's gone to America, so he goes to be the only vampire in the new world and then falls in love with Louis. Oh. Mm-hmm. That changes this movie for me a bit because I was like, okay, so there's nobody that can fuck with Lestat. Like, he shouldn't have been able to be fucked up by anybody. Well, He's ridiculous. He's like one of the most powerful characters in fiction, in my opinion, when he, after he drinks after like Kasha. Yes, but the first drink was such a small sip that it wasn't, it didn't make him the equivalent of Akasha until, until later. later. Yeah. So he went from being, from having the strength of a very strong young vampire to probably being four or five or six hundred years old. Right. So that, but he was still not as strong as Marius or not as strong as Pandora and not even anywhere near Cayman or Maharet or Mahari. Right. Jesus Christ. I hope you're all enjoying this. <laughs> everybody's Tune in next everybody's week sleeping. For part two of what happened in the vampire. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes me want to reread the book. I know. Like, it makes me want to reread the like book. But I don't want to read At what past... point do we get the Jonathan well, Davis song? Well, also, though, there is there is a certain amount of this may all be bullshit because Lestat says this is, I mean, it's Lestat. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is all Louis talking and this is all bullshit. Yeah, this is from, this the book, Interview with the Vampire, is from Louis' perspective. Yeah. So, so Lestat says it's a bunch of shit, which 
you can't really trust the step, but at the same time, when he's talking about himself, he's usually honest, you know, for the most part, because he doesn't give a shit. And there's stuff like, like, Louis can't read their thoughts, so he doesn't understand that Lestat does only kill the evil, evildoer, yeah. which is something that's pointed out later in Lestat's books. Yeah. We are off on a tangent. Yeah. This is why we need the series. See, this is the problem. Nobody ever wants to talk books with Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to another night. Sorry. Well, you're fine. I'm just enjoying the conversation here. <laughs> Louis eating a bunch of pigeons. Mm-hmm. Lestat leaves a screaming woman and her baby uh, from a room from, I think, the slave quarters, I think is what they're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Wipes his mouth with a handkerchief. And we cut to the slave quarters again in the earlier later by the waters. And uh, mm-hmm. in the background, they're dragging the water to pull more bodies out. And they're freaking out because all the slaves are dying, and they're like, um, someone's eating us. And the slaves hate Lestat and make a voodoo doll of him. Well, if he was eating you, your friends, wouldn't you want him then fucking dead, too? I would think. Oh, we got elephants <laughs> upstairs. Don't worry about it. Um, they start, I don't want to be insensitive, but I don't know what they're doing. It looks like voodoo curses and, and well, tribal dances Orleans, and stuff. They have all yeah, the so witch doctors. They're doing, they're voodoo and the voodoo yeah. And, yeah, they're definitely doing something like that. It's, but it's I don't in know the what south. Is, so. There's a heavy uh, Creole yeah. influence. It could be hoodoo or voodoo yeah. or we don't know, but some kind of dance it, magic. It seems like they're trying to do something to protect them from the evil that is vampires. This is also a universe where there is actually vampires. So And magic. And Anne Rice is from New Orleans, and she's very. Her early writings is very heavily influenced by vampires and witches and black magic and stuff like that. Inside the estate, Louis and Lestat chat some more. Uh, Louis pressing uh, Lestat for more knowledge about vampires. He wants to know about Van- Lestat's sire. You can hear drum beats banging in the background. Lestat says, "Well, you didn't learn anything from him, so stop asking." And Louis keeps pressing him. And finally, Lestat throws a tantrum, punching the table and standing up. He says, I don't know anything about any of this. Why should I know any of this? And then he says, <laughs> Why should I know? Do you know him? Yeah. And then the, the constant drum beats, he says, is driving him crazy. He says, but he had well, already spent time with Mario, so he would know more than he's letting off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Louis says, uh, yeah, they know about us. They watch us eat from empty plates and drink from empty glasses, so they know something's going on. Lestat says, well, look, let's just go to the French Quarter. Uh, and Louis refuses. Lestat warns, look, you're going to run out of chickens eventually. And then rides off on a horse. Servant girl, Yvette? Servant girl, I think. Her name's Yvette. Comes in to check on Louis. That is her name. Okay. I couldn't remember. She was, she's worried about him, tells him to send his friend away. Everyone hates him, hates him and is scared of him. She rubs his face um, with her hand and he pulls her wrist and bites it. She screams, um and pass, passes out. The slaves all charge the house with torches. Um, Louis carries her out the front door. He's like, yep, burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> he tells them all to leave. They're all free. Um, and then he snatches one of the torches from the slaves and sets the whole house afire, collapsing onto the floor. Yes, your master is the devil. He's <laughs> like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lestat smashes through the window, saves him. And then uh, <laughs> you thought you could have it all, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> shut up, Louie. He <laughs> <laughs> drags him down into a crypt. Louie thinks this is hilarious, but Lestat is pissed. Louie says, you know, maybe we belong in hell. Lestat says, well, what if there is no hell? Or what if they don't want us there? Vampires hmm. <laughs> aren't allowed in hell. Our, um, so what if vampires go when they die? Nowhere. 
That's the price of immortality is once you die, you're done. Nowhere, that place in space. Yeah. I don't know. It's the celestial skull. Yeah. There's some weird religious subtext in her books as you get farther and farther on. Anybody who's read Memnock the Devil, Devil knows that. I love that. that book. You hate it, don't you? No, it's so good. Oh, okay, cool. Don't that's get them started on old Memnock. That's usually where I stop. <laughs> you don't like Tale of the Thief? I mean, I do kind, kind of, of but it... When did they become aliens? That's uh, that's way far. The Lestat and the continent of Atlantis or whatever. It gets weird. <laughs> Look, you, Oh, it gets weird. There's a certain point where you just have to stop. You know, and I usually stop after Memnock the Devil because it's just so good. Memnock is really good. And the tale of the body thief is Memnock the Devil, the devil, we don't know if it's really the devil, comes to Lestat and says, look, you're so powerful and, and you got connections. I want you to work for me. And Lestat's like, no, you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what, because you're so good? But then he, he takes him on this, this tour. He goes to heaven and he doesn't like heaven. He says it's fake. And then he goes to hell, and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to hell. I'm going to see a lot of my fucking people here. There's no vampires there. And he's like, I'm so, he said he's so scared every time he turns a corner, Claudia's going to be there. Nope. They said there are no vampires in hell. That's what they say anyway. Maybe you know more about it. I, but, I can't recall yeah. that. But Because I was waiting for that. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to show you that all vampires go to hell because they're damned. It's like, no, when you die, you've, you're gone from existence. You, it's you cheated. Re- it's really interesting. It's kind of like a Dante's Inferno sort of a thing, seeing hell and heaven. And, yeah. And then it, the rest of the vampires act like Lestat had a fever dream. Yeah. And is maybe not, grandma's not okay kind of a thing. And then, vampire, and then Lestat starts drinking period blood. So anyway, Louis narrates this, that his whole life is hell. <laughs> She's going to leave that out there. She's going to let that hang. Let that dangle. And uh, they live on rented rooms on the waterfront. Lestat's partying with two women. Uh, both both are intoxicated. Lestat drinks one of them dead, which is always cool because I always forget to check it because it's really quick in the beginning of the scene. You see her leg like kicking as she's dying, but you're focused on what else is going on. So it's really funny. If you're in, think dead women are funny. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, I don't. I mean, that old tale of the, of the funny dead chick. Yeah. Um, what's wrong with Tony? In many things, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Lestat flirts with uh, the remaining girl, which is the one from Resident Evil and such, um, and bites her on the breast. Uh, she's into it at first, but then notices all the blood. She starts screaming. Louis enters. And uh, Lestat puts out the candles. He bites her wrist and quotes Shakespeare. You know, put out the light, put out the light. Can and then he straight fucks with this girl. <laughs> Fills a glass with blood to tempt Louis, but Louis smashes it away, pissing off Lestat again. He says, we're predators who all-seeing eyes give them detachment. Take her, Louis, end her suffering and end yours. Nope. He's like, okay, put her in a coffin. Yeah. yeah how terrifying is that? The stat reveals that the table that they were using is actually a coffin and stuffs her in. She can hear their muffled screams underneath. Because he puts her in there, closes it, and then sits on it. <laughs> She's like, I'm in a coffin. It's your coffin, my love. Enjoy it. Many people don't get to see theirs. It's like, you sick fuck. Louis asks, why do you do this? He goes, I enjoy doing it. See, this is part was like, this is from Louis's point of view. I wonder how this actually went down. Because, yeah. you know. They, I hate to do it. Uh, in the Vampire stat. This, some of this stuff is addressed. Like, he talks about it from his point perspective. Like, Louis said all this stuff, but that's not facts. This is facts. But, I mean, of course... Those are your facts. <laughs> yeah, those are your facts, man. That's not how facts work. Um, 
But yeah, your facts but you are different see, than kind my facts. Of, Even if we were both in that room, what I say is going to be but, different from well, what in you order say. to That's make why you, eyewitness testimony is horribly unreliable. In order to make you more sympathetic to Lestat, who is now the name, main character in that book, they show you from Lestat's perspective and gives information that Louis didn't have at the time. Like these whores that he kills here were well known for killing their customers. Yeah. So when you read the book, you can go, you go, this was a cool story. I can tell it wasn't supposed to have spinoffs. It's just supposed to be a one-off. Look at vampires can be people and not monsters necessarily by Louis. But everyone loves Lestat, so she's like, hmm, okay, well, let's do a vampire Lestat book. And then it spirals into all yeah, this whole like, lore. And everybody loves Lestat. Let's really, keep going with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just got really interested in what she could do with these characters. And, yeah. and she did some cool stuff, and then she did some weird stuff. Yeah. But uh, Lestat tells Lestat tells Louis that if you must uh, kill him swiftly, but do it, but don't do not doubt you are a killer. He continues to play with the girl. Lestat beckons Louis to kill her, but Louis refuses again. Lestat says, "Well, maybe we'll make her a vampire." Louis again refuses that. Lestat finally just kills the girl to be done with it. Louis mutters, "To think you are all that I have to learn from." And Louis says, well, in the old world, we called it the dark gift, and I gave it to you. Louis wanders away upset, aimlessly through the dark, rainy streets, <clears throat> and rats are everywhere. So Louis eats those. Uh, some men are loading carts of dead bodies from the plague. Don't go this way, monsieur. There's dead as mother dead. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, I've seen this a couple times. Yeah. Louis finds a small... Some good fairy dust. <laughs> Louis finds a small girl. Kirsten Dunst, who's supposed to be, who's, who's, to make it gross, supposed to be five, oh. is how old Claudia's supposed to be, so that's how... Does it make it less gross if she's 12? I mean, does it, it doesn't... She's 10 in this. To me, it doesn't matter, She was but 12 in the movie camp. Yeah. Horror perspective, a 10-year-old killing people, or a 5-year-old killing people, the 5-year-old, to me, is scarier. This little five-year-old like child, <laughs> little five-year-old child with the brain well, of a forty-year-old is running around hunting people. That's scary to me. <laughs> I mean, ten-year-old isn't much better, but a five-year-old is like holy 10 shit. Ten-year-old is the good son of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> the five-year-old is Child's Play. Speaking of Child's Play, did you see that they're making a Child's Play TV show? I did not. It's terrible idea. They need to not do that. But guess who's starring in it? Mm. Your boy, uh, fuck. What's his name now? I can't remember. From Final Destination. Devin Sawa? Devin Sawa. Oh, my God. Was it Child's Play? I think it's Child's Play. Speaking I, of I thought you said it was things, Chucky. Completely unrelated. Which is Chucky Child's, Child's oh, Play. Oh, see? So I, I was watching know. YouTube videos. I had a pair of uh, Nike sneakers, and they were Friday the 13th sneakers. I've seen a little bit of that going on. I was around. like, those are amazing. I was like, oh, let me look these up for Tony. They're $20,000. Oh, you my God. Because <laughs> evidently they made them and then decided to not release them, and a bunch of people stole a bunch oh. of pairs. So they're like super so rare. I was like, rare. Oh, because I'm like, these will be great. Tony will love these. Oh, he's never going to get them. <laughs> 20 grand. I'm like, no. He doesn't need them that bad. Yeah. Buy me two cars. Okay. <laughs> That's how you know that we've won the lottery. Is when Cause, I... Because cause <laughs> when John buys you those shoes, because we're not going to tell anybody if we win the, we win the right. lottery. We'll try to keep it as quiet as possible, but you will get... What happens is they go, hey man, I got you some shoes, put them on. You're walking around and goes, now just so you know, <laughs> don't get, get wet. robbed for those. <laughs> or 20 grand. Oh shit! <laughs> Will you let me put these on? Well, now they're only worth 18 grand. Yeah. Good job. But um, but they were pretty cool looking. You would enjoy them. 
I've seen some fact, cool ones. Yeah, other than the fact they cost an obscene amount of money. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I had them, them enough money, enough disposable income that I could buy those, I would wear them. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I mean, well, the kind of people that are buying Fuck those you. shoes probably are wearing them. <laughs> are they? Some, they're some probably people. putting them in a vault somewhere. No, a lot of people collect those kind of things because they're, they're mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like watches and things. Hey, and I have a friend that does. Or used to do that. He would just. He had a whole room that was just sneakers that Sid you had can't touch. Shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he had those. <laughs> no, well, I mean, probably he not. Just didn't, you know, they were expensive to him. I don't know what they're worth because I don't know shit about shoes like that, but. John doesn't really know shit about shoes either, but he does like watching people's shoe collections on YouTube. I watch a lot of people's weird collections on YouTube. I mean, it's interesting to see what people collect. No, no. You don't watch weird collections. You watch things that people collect. It's not like you're watching people's toenail clipping collections or their Barbie doll heads from the 50s. Or the one dude who had the belly button on collection. Skippy. Skippy. Skippy, <laughs> was, Skippy was having a hard time dating. He's 35 and he had a belly button and collection lived in his mother's basement. They figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not, a, not a great mystery. So either way, uh, Louis finds a small girl um, and her mother's very dead, a uh, victim probably of the plague, it looks like. Yep. Yes. She begs Louis. So I'm sorry, she's got the plague now. Yeah. Yes. But But he can't get the plague, so it doesn't matter. They're going to have a cure-all here in a minute. Yeah, we got something for her. <laughs> She begs Louis for help, says her father has left her and her mother, um, and she hugs him. He bites her. Because he's hungry and compassionate. Lestat comes in slow clapping and almost falling over from laughter at Louis' hypocrisy. You ate a five-year-old girl. You talk shit about me killing hookers, but you ate a (laughs) five-year-old. Louis runs off again, uh, (laughs) very upset, but the blood uh, tasted amazing and makes him feel a lot better. He's been so living Lestat off rats is, and pigeons. Lestat is right, unfortunately. So is blood like a fine wine? The older it gets, the, the better it is? Or? The weird thing is that Louis just... He, ate, ate a small child. No. <laughs> Here's yeah, he it's not a good look for him. Yeah. Here's the weird thing about <laughs> he's Louis' the good character. Guy. <laughs> is he's, he, his, he struggles with his morality and he wants to find deeper meaning the, his whole time, right? And he's living on the verge of depression at any second. And... But he has this opportunity with Claudia. He he eats her, yes, because he's hungry and he's a vampire. But he could have started this whole angel of death thing where he yeah. releases these people that are in obvious pain. Like Dr. Gavorkian? Yes. Mm-hmm. But he never does that. He just eventually sort of comes to turn with the fact that people are food and he just kills them. Yeah, Louis goes from main character to minor MacGuffin pretty much for the rest of the books. Like, we don't I mean, really get much else. Like, no. you know, there's one other book that he's big in. But most of the time, it's just like, oh, but, and then Louis walks in the room, and everybody's like, oh, cool. Anyway, back to the plot. He's <laughs> beloved by the other vampires for his uniqueness, especially by Gabrielle, yeah. which is interesting. But you see, like, his progression, like, even even in this book. Coming. Hey, Louis here. All right, you go over there. But yeah. even Louis in this... Scored. Even in this movie, his progression, he struggles with it so much in the beginning for so long, and then he just accepts it, and then he just kills people. And But he's he's not selective like Lestat. He's more like Claudia, who just eats whoever she wants. When you would think that this character would have some, would be more like an angel of death kind of situation, of this compassionate... Yeah. When the book came out, it was, it was more... It's, it's just interesting. It was more 
um, unique. Like this came out like it was written in like the sixties. It came out in seventy five. Yeah. And so it was just like, hey, let me let me humanize a monster, and so everybody's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then later they're like, actually, we're fine with monsters being monsters. Let's see some cool ass vampires. And so she's like, okay, I can do that too. You know. But that's like, why Louis hey, is such a in the mud. It's mm-hmm. like, oh wow, he's so human. Like it doesn't want to hurt people. Wow, that's so interesting. But then after a while, you're like. Actually, I just kind of want to see him <laughs> kill people because it's interesting. And it's like, that's good for 30 minutes. All this depression around Like, him. it just kind of stops, and like, then he just kind of accepts it. And Superman just walks around and wallows. Yeah, because in, in the books, he uh, does kill people. Like, it's not yeah. it's not like, you know, he never kills anybody. And it's like, no, like in does. this movie. Come on, Hawkeye kills people. Yeah, well, he kills a lot but of But Lestat never really strays from his evildoer thing that's a through line. That is one of the one things that he was taught by Magnus before Magnus yeah. went into the fire. Well, that's because he's the hero of the series. So Lestat finds finds Louie again. Says, "If I ever need to find you, I just need to follow the trail of rats, because there's dead rats everywhere." He explains that the pain you feel is intolerable, but you feel it be- more because you're a vampire. Kind of understanding him a little bit. Lestat says, uh, "But look, to stop the pain, you have to do what it is in your nature to do. Evil's a point of view." God kills indiscriminately, and so shall we, for no creatures under God are as we are, none so like him as ourselves. But I do have a gift for you. Lestat leads Louis back to that, that place that he was just at. Inside is the small girl. Oh, no, no, this is the other place. They take him. Yeah, this place this has a nice a, bed. Yeah. <laughs> he so, takes him home or something yeah, like that. takes him home. Inside is the small girl asleep in the bed. Um, Lestat explains, see, you didn't kill her, so your conscience is clear. He tells Claudia... Um, he wakes her up and he's like, look, you're ill and I'm going to give you what you need to get well. And then he slashes his wrist to give her the blood. Louis tries to stop him. Lestat says, okay, but then she's going to die. So Louis relents. Claudia drinks the blood and transforms. As she sits up and says, I want more. Some. Yeah. Awesome. Her long straw-like hair has now been replaced by fine curls. Oh, okay. well, those are cool. Yeah. $22,500. Eh. <laughs> Not that cool. <laughs> um, Lestat calls in a servant, and Claudia drinks her immediately. Lestat explains, you must stop drinking before the heart stops. And then Cla- Claudia and Lestat bond pretty quickly over <laughs> prey and killing, and uh, this makes Louis even more depressed. He's like, great, now there's two of them. Yeah. Which... I what mean, do you think was going to happen? <laughs> Claudia asks where her mother, her mother is, her mama. And Lestat responds, well, she's in heaven. Just like that woman you drank, they all go to heaven. And Louis says, except us. And he says, one big happy family. With the addition of Claudia, it adds a whole new dimension to the relationship. Uh, Louis teaches her manners, style, humanity, while Lestat spoils her and teaches her how to stalk and kill people. She then, there's a little, bit, a little teeny bit of a montage. She kills a dressmaker, uh, a concerned woman on the street, tries to help her. She kills her. Piano teacher. Piano teacher, a doll store owner that says the dolls are too expensive for her. Uh, and then she and Lestat kill an entire family together. What's wrong with this family? What did those kids do? Or is Lestat just feeling gracious that day? Or maybe we made it up. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. So time passes. I mean, this is the time of slavery as well, so they could be doing horrific things to slaves and be classified as evildoers. Yeah, who makes the decision on evildoer? 
though Stat does. Evil's point of view. But evil is a point of view. But even the kids in that wealthy family could have been doing horrific things to slaves. And also Lestat's good at justifying whatever he needs to do. But you often hear He's about... He's powerful as like, fuck it, I say so. Yeah. I will say you often hear about when you talk in about... When you, if you're the type of person that listens to podcasts or watch TV shows about real-life serial killers, a lot of them, as children, were doing horrific things. Yeah, the animals, they graduate. Yeah. That's why if you see a kid out there killing... Mice and cats and things. You need to address that shit like now. Yeah. Because they're going to, by sign. the teenage years, they're going to graduate to bigger animals and or people. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. The uh, vampires feed on incoming immigrants because they're easy to lose in, in all the shuffle. One night, uh, Claudia finds a young woman and is fascinated by her. She asks Louis and Lestat if she'll ever be like her. Because she was standing there butt booty naked. And, and they all kind of, they shoot a glance at each There's other. There's a little bit of butt booty naked in here. Lestat dodges the I question. I forgot about all the butt booty naked, by the way. <laughs> but every time he's like, oh, she's naked, then she gets eaten, like, immediately. Yeah. Lestat, Lestat uh, dodges that question and they move on. Later, Lestat brings Claudia a doll. Claudia asks, why do you bring me this uh, done a, another doll when I have so many? And, and it's always, always this day. The same night. Lestat dodges that question. And they never really say why. Do we know why? Is it her birthday or her death day or something? I assume no, it's her death. It's kind of implied that it's the day that he made her, but he doesn't want to come right out and say that it's the day that I made you. Kind of keeping her in the dark. Because so who's more powerful, Claudia or Louis? I could say Claudia. Right? I would say Claudia. Because oh, but then she's weak because she's little. They're both... They're both... I know, they're both on the low end. But you always talk about how weak Louis is, but Claudia's a little kid. And they should have never made her because she was such a little kid. She's also crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, she's probably not there's, mentally prepared for there's that kind, kind of thing. A, there's kind of a through line that sometimes... Let's help the little kid out who just became a fucking vampire. Well, there's kind of a thing later on in the lore, in the extended universe, about oh, some people about some people just can't handle it and they go kind of crazy. She ends well, up with really Chewbacca's brother and they <laughs> fight a third Death Star so, in just the EU. In the EU. In, wow. the, in the back history, in the lore... Um, yeah, just Armand curious. says Which, that he's like some people just immediately die because they can't handle it. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of there's they a, don't get into it like it's not like a genetic thing that they get into, but you don't know what's going to happen when somebody becomes a vampire. They may become like a god, or they may just kill themselves, or they may. But there's you know, also a thing about not making someone so young, and yeah. one of the things is uh, Armand is is not supposed to be Antonio Banderas. No, I know he's, he's a red he's a redheaded Russian seven. Didn't he? Well, well it, said in, the it, it said, said in the trivia he was 17, but I thought he was 15. I thought he was like 14 or 15. Let's I thought he was 15. Hey, let's just say he's a teenager. Yeah. He's a very young redhead. But he teenager. was he was one of the things with when Armand was made is that he was so young and he shouldn't have been made. And Marius was waiting to try to for him to get older before he was made. But... um. Either way, Claudia throws a tantrum, revealing that she has the woman's dead body stuffed inside with her. Yeah, he's voice. sleeping with the. Cor- she's sleeping with the corpse. She's not sleeping with the corpse because the corpse is on her bed. She sleeps in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did get you there. You're right. You're right. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. I'll just. I'm just gonna go this way. See yourself. See, out. see myself out. Take Chewbacca's brother. <laughs> the stat flips out. Chewbacca. Uh, he's told her repeatedly to not kill in their house. Claudia demands to know her origin and the nature of her being. It's been 30 years now. Claudia runs into the other room and starts to cut her hair in frustration. 
Louis tells her not to, but she says, why? Why can't I change? I like the way else Brad Pitt's delivery of that line is, it's like, Claudia, don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, he knows this is not going to end well, and it's just going to get worse. <laughs> uh, she scrambles to her bedroom and slams the door on Louis. Then she screams. Louis rushes in to find that all of Claudia's hair has returned exactly like it was. Claudia charges Lestat and demands the answers. Lestat holds his ground, saying, and uh, she demands to know how it was done, um, and then he says no, and then she slashes his Why face. Why should I tell you? <laughs> he slashes his face on both of his cheeks, which heals instantly. Lestat finally grabs her by the throat and tells her if he hadn't turned her, she'd be dead now, and then throws her away and then leaves. Louis tries to console her uh, and ends up taking her to the rubble that was her old home. Louis explains how it happened, how she will never grow old and never die. And she says that I will never grow up either. And he says, I took your life and Lestat gave you another one. And then she says, well, I hate you both. It's okay, so does Louis. <laughs> yeah, Louis doesn't like any of them. He hates himself, <laughs> he hates Lestat. And then poor Lestat, all, he loves his children so, and they don't love him back. Kasha loves him. And what did he do to her? Mm. Mm. It's like a circle. Louis stays out late, um, but once he returns, Claudia goes to work on him. She wants Lestat gone. She says he will never, and Louis says he'll, he'll never let us leave. To which Claudia says, oh, really? See, now I think I just guessed you were like, you were so worried about Lestat being uber powerful. But Elaine covered it. He loves his children. He loves his children so much he won't kill them. Yeah. While they try to destroy him, he knows he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. What's wrong? It's one of those texts letting me know that there was a positive COVID case at my work. Mm. Every time. <laughs> see, friends, you, you got to see this. Tony and I just scooched over a little bit. Every time. Oh, I oh. am vaccinated. <laughs> well, I love all the songs. I'm gonna need you to sleep outside today. Every time I take a day off, I'll get one of these don't, fucking texts. Don't move to the side of the table. It's the plague, monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> I have my favorite line. <laughs> See myself out. Uh, so, Claudia goes to see Lestat. He's playing the piano. Um, she just wants to talk to <laughs> They pick at each other, bickering like they always do. Lestat says, it's fine, because I found a person that'll make a better vampire than both of you. And Claudia laughs. Is that supposed to frighten me? I guess we could people the world with vampires. Lestat says, no, not you. You can't. Little Claudia. They continue to fight until finally Claudia stops and says, look, I want a truce. Um, she even got Lestat a gift. He's curious and follows her to the next room. Two twin boys are laid out on a couch. Claudia's They're drunk on brandy wine. Yep. A thimbleful. Exactly. I've seen this. Stat is pleased. <laughs> is pleased and goes along with the truce. He bites the first kid. Uh, Claudia watches intently. Absinthe? You gave them absinthe? Yep. No. Laudanum. Poison. It, it, it killed them, unfortunately. Which, actually, I looked up laudanum. Laudanum isn't poison. It's opium. It's basically heroin. Yeah. So he over, she overdosed them on heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's uh, what um, which that's what old girl was taking in Tombstone. Yeah, Laudanum. Which all drugs are poison taken in true, large amounts. True, true. Mm -hmm. it wasn't like there's, it wasn't like strychnine or something. It was there's like there's a, a fine yeah. line between poison and medicine. Like alcohol is technically poison. When you when you get drunk, you're poisoning yourself. It's just yeah. that's why you could die if you take too much. Like nightshade is a poison, but it also is the basis of a lot of heart medication. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so Lestat falls to the ground. He's very weak now. Claudia says, there was one lesson you, ta- you taught me. Never drink from the dead. Lestat calls out for Louis, and Claudia jumps on him and slashes And he throat. says, put me in my coffin. How is that going to help? So he can rest and recover because he knows that he's strong enough that this will not kill him. So put me in my coffin so that my body can recover. And she says, oh, I'll put you in your coffin. But instead, she slashes, slices his throat. throat. And is it just me or is that an obscene amount of blood? There's a ton <laughs> it's of blood. A lot like, of blood. how much blood is in this dude? He drinks a lot. Um, so he spills out all over the carpet, helpless. Uh, Louis this is an in. animatronic um, Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Stan like, Winston made it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, they hired uh, Neil Jordan needed somebody to do some special effects and stuff, and the studio said, "Well, we have Stan Winston, so Stan Winston will take care of it." Stan Winston, if you don't know, is like one of the greatest special effects artists that ever lived. And they're like, "You mean the the, the dinosaur guy?" Because he's like working on the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he shows up, and he's, like, and they're like, he can do anything. And he says, "I made a Lestat," and they're like, "You made a Lestat?" And he's like, "Yeah, I, I'm fucking Stan Winston." <laughs> so what do you mean you made a Lestat? And he's like, "See, yeah, like because you don't have to use CGI that barely, you know, that wasn't a thing good, yet. You know, if you want to know what the CGI reference point, go watch the movie Spawn. Yeah, that came out a few years <laughs> after this. I don't know. So that's his, what we could have had at this scene. His effects now that he did then look better than CGI does now. Some well, practical effects, you know. They always end up Terminator, looking better. Predator, he's done a lot of shit. Uh, some CGI looks really good. If you Not to bring up Coming to America, but when they de-aged them for that one scene, yeah, it looked really good. That elephant did not. No, the elephant when did When the not. elephant walked, I was like, that looks like a screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a scene with Arsenio Hall and um, yeah. Eddie Murphy, and they look, it's like dead on. But, uh, so, yeah, Claudia slashes his throat, blood spills out all over the carpet. Louis runs in and is stunned as Lestat withers. Claudia makes Louis uh, throw Lestat's body in the Louisiana swamps. Louis is upset, but he always is, and uh, they decide to head to Europe to look for other vampires. They book a passage on a ship, but before they can go, Lestat returns and tries to kill Claudia. Louis steps in at the last second, tossing an oil lantern. Does at his he feet. try to kill Claudia? He just returns. He never really. He doesn't attack her. Um, he chases well, he her. He does down. charge her. He cha- but. But he may just give her a spanking. It's not she's a like bad little girl. The I, pro- I think. I think the problem is that I know that he loves her. Well, yeah, but the problem is the movie. The problem is, is he's so strong and powerful. You can't take that chance. You know, it's like maybe the lion is going to charge Carly and lick her face. But <laughs> if we're wrong, that won't go well for Carly. Yeah. <laughs> we can't take that chance. So you throw oil. Yes, but Louis lights him on fire. Yeah, which is pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah and how powerful is Lestat? He got cut. He's thrown in this, that, and the other, and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, it. in Here the we one book, again. after he, after the Kasha thing, he wants to die. He doesn't want to do this anymore because he's been doing it for fucking ever. So he's like. The sun will kill me. So he goes out in the sun and it hurts him. It gives him a tan. And it doesn't kill him. So he's like, fuck it. And he starts to fly towards the sun. He's going to fly into the sun. And he gets high enough and it just burns him so bad that he falls and passes out. And he wakes up with a tan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he can't, probably can't die. But we were watching he's it. like, what do you do with goes, a guy like that? <laughs> Louis won't kill anybody, but boy, did he just light that whole block on fire. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take human life. The except French the whole French quarter. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and then watched... As he floated away, <laughs> like sucks to be you, and bitches. decided to be poetic about it, um, and then murdered all the other passengers on his boat. Yeah. 
So they flee. There's they, that too. They flee in the I ship. I just assumed Claudia was the one that murdered them. <laughs> well, you know, he had But to, he said they were rat free, so he did drink from them. So he had to eat at some point. Well, they probably ate the rats first yeah. and then. I assumed that Louie ate the rats and she ate the peoples. But I thought it was just a cute way of saying that. But I don't know. But like half the city burns. Louis and Claudia travel to um, travel the world in search of other vampires, but find none. David cuts in on the narration. He says, "So there's no vampires in Transylvania, no Count Dracula." Louis says, "Nope, that's the vulgar fictions of a demented Irishman." Eventually, they settle in Paris. Uh, they enjoy dances, plays, parties, doing socialite stuff. Finally, after Louis gives up finding hope, gives up hope on finding a vampire, a vampire finds him. Um, as Louis walks the streets below an overpass, uh, Santiago, a similarly dressed vampire, begins to mimic him. This angers Louis, and they get into a bit of a fight, but Armand intervenes. Because Santiago would have whooped that ass. Yeah, Armand. Because, again, he lifts him up and calls him a buffoon, and then he just starts floating, like, yeah. come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, he, wa- he danced on the ceiling. Yeah. What he, and he wasn't even Lionel Richie yet. <laughs> but I get, you get the feeling, just looking at this scene here, that Louis is just way out of his depth. And there's a part where (laughs) Louis is, um, like, he has this look when, like, Santiago's doing the walking up the wall thing. Like, his face, you can see he's just excited with, like, childlike wonder. He's like, holy shit, people could do that? Or vampires could do that? These aren't things that Lestat did. And he sees this very powerful vampire, and he's delighted by it. He also is excited because he thinks, oh, my God, someone will finally tell me the meaning of life. Clearly, these vampires are more powerful than Lestat. Are they? So, like I say, Armand intervenes. He's Antonio Banderas. I am um, Armand. I do love the way that he talks in this. Yeah. And now that you say that, I'm like, all right, makes sense. <laughs> I just thought it was a character choice. Yeah. Armand invites Louis and Claudia to come to his Theater de Vampire. They attend, uh, but Louis cautions Claudia before they go in, be careful because vampires all have different powers. Some might read your thoughts. Uh, Santiago's on stage portraying a personification of death, um, killing actors along as as he uh, not really killing but killing play killing actors as he reads or recites poems. Vampires pretending to be humans pretending to be vampires. How avant garde! Like, finally, <clears throat> finally the show ends with a lady, a terrified lady, brought onto the stage. Uh, she begs for mercy. And a, uh, but a score of the shrouded vampires hold like, her on nah, stage. Let's eat her alive. <laughs> Santiago goes to bite her, but Armand appears. He walks up and tells her no pain, and then he bites. He bites on her neck, drinks some of her, and then passes her to the. So does he have like mind powers or something? Because like he says no pain, she passes out in his arms. Yeah, I mean probably. I don't know what I don't know what Armand's power. Or maybe are, she was <clears throat> so terrified she painted. Um, yep. all, yeah, I, I see that bad vampire has you by the... You got your nipples all hanging out. I mean, out. they stripped her completely nude. She wasn't... Was she completely she nude? Was completely yeah. Yeah, she nude was completely nude in front of a live studio audience. And some big scary dude with big old teeth is like, and, no pain. And you <laughs> you think might pass that, out, yeah. Like, they strip her nude, and Santiago's <laughs> terrified, and then Armand comes out, and she begs him for mercy, and then he bites her. Yeah, I'm yeah. be like the Incredible Hulk here. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the vampires descend on her body, um, probably drink her out. And yeah, she's out. gone. I, I, I always got the impression they ate her like yeah. whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like that. They came back and there was just a skeleton. Play, the play ends and you can see the audience leaves. They're all upset. <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck they just watched. Like, okay. 
some people there seem to like the show. Yeah, the one lady is, is but into some it. Other Please, Monsieur, take me! Clearly, just came you in on the street turn. and did not know what they yeah. were getting in for. <laughs> so Armand gives uh, Louis and Claudia a tour of the vamp of the theater. Louis doesn't like it. And the tomb underneath. It is monstrous. <laughs> Louis asks Armand about the nature of vampires, and he tells Louis, "Look, as far as I know, there's no good, there's no evil, there's no god, there's no devil, there's just us." And we may be the only real evil left in the world. Armand says he's the oldest living vampire that he's ever come across. And as they talk, Louis lets it slip that his creator is gone. And Claudia gets uh, nervous and they start to leave. But as they're leaving, Santiago hears her thoughts and, or hears Louis, one of their thoughts, and they mention Lestat. Uh, Louis says, you know, I thought about how I betrayed him. Yeah. Okay. And Santiago's like, how did you betray him? reading the shit out of him. He's mind. like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Santiago says, there's only one crime among our kind. He said, I've wronged him. Wronged him, thank you. I was close, though. To kill another vampire. And that crime means death. Which isn't... <laughs> you played Vampire of the Game. It's, it's, that's how it is. Oh, you're right. The first edition. I don't know. I think it's third. But, uh... That and they're about to kill the shit. Before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? If you do violence, we're going to do violence on you. But don't do any violence because that's wrong. So yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Well, they are sociopathic killers, so... They also do live in the theater that Lestat owns. True. They don't let that slip in the movie. But <laughs> no. Lestat is... I, didn't, I don't know if I, was, if I say that at all. He's on time. the deed. Lestat's all, about, all in this in the book. Yes. He's there. He knows about this. He's setting all this up. But they don't really get into that movie, I guess, because they don't have time. So, yeah, I can see how they'd go after him for that. Like, oh, you, you killed Lestat. Well, like, you think you killed Lestat. Yeah. By the way, he's my homie. Yeah. <laughs> they have to cut some stuff. So now we're going to put you in a box anything. upside down forever. Yeah. Um, at home, Claudia fights with Louis. She believes that he will leave her for Armand. Later, Louis goes to see Armand. He and I said to, to Tony, I didn't get the impression that he was interested in staying with Armand at all. And Tony goes... The books he is. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think I think in the movie they at least give you enough. All Louis wants to is someone to hang out with, and he wants to know what the fuck is going on with vampires. Yeah. He wants to learn about. Himself but he didn't and his like history. what he saw in the theater, and he, right. he doesn't care for the other vampires. But if um, if Armand's the oldest vampire, if anybody knows anything about vampires, it's got to be him. He is know? intrigued by Armand, but the other vampires definitely don't want anything to do with Claudia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big no no apparently. So later, Louis goes to see Armand. He wants to make it perfectly clear that no matter what happens, Claudia is not to be harmed. Armand admits that Claudia is in danger. It's against their rules to make some someone so young a vampire. Armand also asks if it's true that you killed Lestat. Santiago, uh, Santiago believes you did. Armand says that the only way to save Claudia is to send her away. Louis says, well, then I leave too. And Armand explains that... Uh, a little bit more about the nature of vampires, but um, that most of the time vampires become cold and depressed. The world around them changes so fast and they cannot, so they kill themselves. Mon explains that um, Louis is from a newer age. He knows more about the world than someone so old as him, so he can kind of quicken him and show him the, what's going on. Did you say quickening? No. <laughs> to to, to live in this age be his touchstone yeah and uh armand is like meh you know what about uh, uh louis asks what about the other other vampires and armand's like meh fuck them they kind of suck yeah 
And uh, he also tells Louis that he knows Lestat is the one that made you. Um, they're old acquaintances, but not necessarily friends. He says, I knew enough to not mourn him. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows Lestat and Lestat's Which, a prick. Which, Armand's still pissed off at Lestat I'm because... sorry, Lestat. You're not a prick. Uh, Armand is still, go. Is still <laughs> pissed off because Lestat. Lestat wouldn't stay and teach them how to live in the new age. They had to figure it out themselves. I remember now we used to put something in front of the door so they couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, Louis, basket. <laughs> Louis leaves somewhat content by what his exchange. He believes Armand will become a great new teacher for him. Once home, Louis sees a woman standing in the room with Claudia. Claudia has been trying to turn her, but can't. As Lestat said, she isn't strong enough. Claudia demands that Louis change her. She knows Louis is thinking about leaving with Armand, and Louis argues that at first, but eventually he gives in because he never denies Claudia anything. And she says, you found your new companion. Now make me mine. And I'm thinking, oh, great, another weak-ass vampire. <laughs> It doesn't matter. You know when you make a copy of a copy. <laughs> They're only weak to each other. It doesn't matter. They're still way stronger than any human. I don't know. This one's and probably And eventually, not. <laughs> the older you get, the stronger you get. This one doesn't hang out too long for us to ponder that question. Well, that's true, I, but honestly, it doesn't matter. I remember matter. her being in this movie more. Like, really? I remember there being a woman, and probably because I remember the death scene, but I was like, she... she <laughs> she didn't change her clothes. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's still tingling. Uh, he changes. She's like, oh great, death again. Did we just do this? <laughs> he changes Madeline, but then tells Claudia, "That's it. Now we're done. We're even." Claudia accepts that and watches Madeline change. Just then, uh, she her body starts to die, and Claudia's a little scared of that. And Louis goes, "This, this, this is how it happens." Just then, a whole it's just a mortal death. The whole vampire troop from the theater bursts in. They're like, hello, little one. And they just snatch her up. <laughs> and uh, captures all of them. Santiago sentences Claudia and Madeline to death by sunlight. But for Louis, they lock him in a coffin and are while him up. All right, so what did bricks. Madeline do to get burned alive on her first day as a vampire? Come I on. think she was just in the wrong place with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. Death by association. That's fucked up. Well, they're not going to let Madeline live and become strong enough to take revenge for Claudia and Louis because obviously she agreed to become a vampire. How attached could she be really? I don't know. Apparently she was attached to Claudia because she was like her dead daughter. I mean, and vampirism often turns you crazy, so she could have fixated on this and then attacked them. She also, they don't want to leave a new vampire running around because they Mm. have to keep the secret of vampirism. Part of their deal is... Like, they're at the Theater of the Vampires, which is open as a ruse to cover. Like, they're secretly not so secret, which keeps them secret. But if she just runs around running amok... You get a lot of secretly secret of the secret. <laughs> she just runs around running amok, then they're not, you know... Before he makes her, he's like, why do you want to be a vampire? You know, what, do you think it's so great? It fucking sucks. And mm. she goes, no, I just want... To be with Claudia because my child died. A child that never little, died. She's fixed. There's a little more, the little locket that has a picture. Yeah. Of a child that looks sort of like Claudia, too. Like yeah. she had her own little golden haired daughter. Um, so all three of them scream. Uh, like you do. As the sun rises, Claudia and Madeline's skin begins to blister. They scream in agony and hold each other as they burn. Louis can only listen. Afterward, Armand breaks Louis out. And he rushes to the cell to see the ash, ashen bodies of Madeline and Claudia. I love Santiago standing like a damn pimp, like, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He weeps. Like, could have been you. <laughs> Louis weeps and touches Claudia's arm, and both bodies collapse into dust. So then he's sitting there, and you can see the dust coming up. So he's breathing in Claudia. If he breathes him. <laughs> Do vampires need to breathe? He, he stoically walks out into the no. theater. They don't need to breathe. And all of the vampires laugh at him. Louis sheds a tear as he retells a story to David. I know. Vampires in the book cry blood. Yeah. How do you know? I read it in the trivia. Yeah. I just wonder if you guys were arguing about it or something. I was like, man, I yeah. wish I could hear some of these vampire arguments. <laughs> no, I just ask questions. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't quite work out. Dude, I... John, John would be the worst was, vampire ever. There was a 20-minute conversation <laughs> like, about how strong the stat is. Or... And how he ranks in the vampire hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and so who, like top five. Where's yeah. he at? And who is the strongest John, vampire, John. which in my... In my opinion, would be if Mahari, because after they killed Akasha, yeah. she ate the brain. I mean, and then I had to explain about the tribes of northern Egypt and or southern Egypt or whatever, and the funeral. Doesn't the stat get immolation? Doesn't he get the ability to just burst people into flames? Yeah, because only him and Akasha do that ever. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. So that would put him in like the top three. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely up. I mean, he's top five. I mean, Maharaj would wouldn't do that, but I mean, she might be able to do that. She, they're pretty fucking powerful because the powers are different for everybody. But whatever. Yeah, he's, still, he's so yeah, but they're yeah. all like and super we never old. see. Yeah. Like, we never really young, see super powerful. We right. never really see Maharet's powers and all she can do, or Cayman's powers and she's all she can like do. She's kind of like Louis. She's just kind of a MacGuffin bump on the log. I mean, she's interesting, but <laughs> they keep telling you, but she's super powerful. Don't fuck. She's with just her. obsessed with her great she's family, a which yeah, which it would be. It's something to do. Forever, because she's like what three thousand years old. She's guardian. She's guarding her lineage. You know who's older than her? Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dirt is older than her. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um. So then, like Louis sheds a tear as he retells this to David. Then he returns to um, the theater, with a dozen barrels of flammable liquid and a scythe. He spills it everywhere, especially on top of their coffins and lights the whole place up. He's good at that. Who's 10,000 years old? Okay, they're older than that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) As the the vampires jump out of their coffins to escape, Louis eviscerates them one by one. (coughs) Louis leaves the burning theater, but the sun is rising. Because he's obviously worked on that plantation and grew up in, because the boy can wield a scythe. Yeah, he's very good. Scythe? Yeah, scythe. Sis. Well, and that's one of the things the the slave says to him when they're worried about you. You haven't been out in the fields. You have because he didn't yeah. work on yeah. the plantation. Um, so Louis leaves the burning theater. The sun's rising, but Armand shows up in a coach and saves him. Wait, wait, so he kills Santiago, and Santiago doesn't look even the least bit worried about this fight, and then gets cut in half. How the fuck did that happen? He got, what is that, a lucky shot? That's because he thought he was going to just teleport behind Louis and kill him. But Louis was prepared and anticipated that move and just spun in a circle of death. Yeah, so lucky shot. Yeah. Look, they don't... It's, it's the way the, that, you know, you, you talk about how powerful they are. Like, Louis should not have a chance got, in hell of killing all of these vampires. He's got plot armor. Oh, the only reason look, (laughs) Louis had some strange plot armor because the only reason he survives at all, or like Akasha's purge the vampires, is because he was beloved by Lestat. (laughs) 
Because she killed all the weak ones. Only the old ones she couldn't kill survived. True that. The only reason Louis didn't die. The only reason Louis didn't die is because he was beloved by Lestat. Still, after all this time. Yeah. And I think she set him on fire. And I think she just starts killing him like with thought. Yeah. She's not even near them. Yeah. She's just like, I don't like these vampires in Germany. They're dead. And just like Jesus, she goes old Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yes, no more shitty vampires. She kills her her children. Well, she's a little fucked up, and she only saves the ones that are important to Lestat or are too powerful to kill. So Armand saves Louis. He's excited, believing he and Louis will become companions now. Uh, But Louis explains that he isn't stupid. Uh, He let Claudia, and he let them kill Claudia, and let them, and let. Louis killed those vampires just so he could be with them. So, fuck off. Louis explains that after he wandered the world in depression, he basically wandered the world in depression after that. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Until finally, he decided to come back to America. And watch TV. (laughs) There he found out about movies. This allowed him to see daylight, certain colors again that he'd never seen. Which you gotta think is pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had never seen it before, it was probably amazing. You haven't seen it in 175 years or whatever. He says, my long lost blue. (laughs) Well, think about it. If you always lived in the dark and used to see the color blue, you'd probably be like, blue! Especially with vampire eyes. So in 19... Is it like 4K or... (laughs) In 1988, he returns to New Orleans, where he caught a scent, the familiar scent of death. Old death. Not that Old new death. death. Not that new death. Like Old new, death. It's like new Coke. It's way better than that new Coke. It's that <laughs> Old Coke. Diet death. Just one calorie. It leads him to a dilapidated house, and upstairs in the swivel chair, emaciated and decrepit, is Lestat. They reminisce for a little bit. So how old is that swivel chair? If he's been hanging out there by himself, when did they invent swivel chairs? He's sitting in the swivel chair. Well, Thomas Jefferson invented swivel chairs. Well, this is his house. He owns this property. This is his house. There's probably been various renters. Maybe one of them owned a swivel chair. But when Lestat woke up this current time, he chased the renters out, and now the house is clearly haunted. But they left behind (laughs) a swivel chair. It is New Orleans. Like, oh, we we paid the rent. There's like a dead dead vampire upstairs. (laughs) Or downstairs. Or downstairs. And any room would be un- unsettling. I mean, Lestat's fucking rich. Mm-hmm. What is what? who his sexual fantasies are? I mean, oh, rich, like he has money. Okay, I thought you meant he was having courts with a dude named Rich. <laughs> so they reminisce, okay. and Lestat says... You went away. <laughs> it's, it's a Bob Saget joke. It's like, my, my wife's fucking rich. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> they reminisce, and Lestat says that um, if Louis helps him, he can become the vampire he was before. Louis's like, uh, no. Then a vamp- uh, helicopter flies up and s- shines a spotlight in the building. Lestat is terrified, but Louis explains to him, no, this is false light. It can't hurt you. And I get the impression that this is part where Lestat's like, that's bullshit. That never happened. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he says about this. Then he says goodbye. Um, Louis Because exp- shortly after this, he becomes a rock star. Yeah. Louis explains to David that he doesn't know uh, what became of Lestat. He's empty without, and he's empty without Claudia. And that's that. David gets upset. He goes, what are you talking about? This is amazing. Um, this is, I need this. You want a companion, then you need to take me. And Louis's like, what are you talking about? I didn't want any of that. And he goes, no, I can tell. I can be your, your voice of an age and explain to you how the world works. And, you know, he, and Louis's like, no, no, no. That's not, why, that's not why I did all this. David's like, no, fuck all that. I refuse. You will, you'll make me a vampire. 
Second Louis grabs or him. Or what? <laughs> grabs David by the throat, chokes him, and slams him into the roof, scaring the shit out of him, and then disappears. Well, he just demand, make me a vampire yeah. about that, Scooby. Yeah. You don't just demand things. Yeah. I may be the weakest vampire, but... <laughs> still, still a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Still got my V card. The different one. <laughs> David grabs his uh, shit and leaves, jumps into his Ford Mustang and pull and uh, puts Louis' tapes in the stereo, drives off. Um, he's re-listening to Louis' narration. He's like, yeah, this is really good stuff, but he needs to change his shorts. Suddenly, he's snatched from the back, snatched from the back seat into the back seat, and above him is Lestat. He says, "I assume I need no introduction," and he bites David, and he's back, baby. Um, he listens. He drives the car somehow for a little while because he uh, knows how to do that. Yeah, and uh, he hears Louis on the tapes. He's like, "Have you heard enough of this?" He said, "Louis, still whining." I've had to listen to that for centuries. <laughs> David starts to fade out, but Louis says, don't worry, or uh, Lestat says, don't worry, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. And then Sympathy for the Devil starts to play by Guns N' Roses, though. Welcome back to the podcast, Sympathy, Sympathy for, for the, the Devil. Devil. Yeah. yeah, and probably Guns N' Roses somewhere. <laughs> and that is that. And now, in the books, doesn't he make the, the writer guy a vampire? No, David is made by Armand. Yeah, and that's later. Huh. He still gets to become a vampire, so those of you who don't... Lestat doesn't. Uh, Lestat makes um. What Stuart is it? Stuart from the Talamasca, the guy that switches to body in the body thief. Oh, uh, I don't remember. That's the only. That's. Like he makes more vampires later on, but he doesn't make another vampire in in the books until Stuart. Tell the body thief. There's these guys that can switch bodies with you psychically, and someone steals Lestat's body and rolls out, and so he's stuck in a human body. That has to eat and poop and pee and die. <laughs> so he's all fucked up. Yeah. It's like he cool. thought he wanted, he it was supposed to just be like a test drive. Yeah. But then the guy's never going to give him his body back. <laughs> I'm so then he's back. He's like, <laughs> so I have this Pinto. You're so then drive he my has Ferrari. to go. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes for help to this guy who works for the Talamasca and, um, and he helps him get his body back, but he's dying of cancer. And Lestat, he's Lestat's friend, and Lestat wants to make him for a vampire forever. And he's like, no, I'm just going to die. I don't want to live forever. I want to die. I don't want to be trapped in this decrepit old man's body. Even though he, I mean, he would be healthy, but he would still be an old man. And But I did and, give my Lestat body to some dude. <laughs> but in the end, he helps Lestat get Lestat's body back, but he ends up in the body of the hot young guy. Yeah. And then they and the body thief ends up in his body. The old cancer. The old, yeah. yeah. So then they kill the body thief, and then he gets made a vampire in the hot young guy's body. And everybody wins except for that. And then eventually he goes to hang out with Marius, I think. I forget. Because yeah. Lestat's children don't stay; they always leave him, <laughs> which is really sad. What did you commentary think? Commentary on life. Carly. All right, my favorite character was Louis. Hmm. My least favorite really? character is Claudia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I think if I was a vampire, I'd be like Louie. <laughs> I concur. I'd be whining on that. I wouldn't want to kill people. <laughs> um, my she did really like that movie, Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah. I, I'm saying. I would, would you get be, a yak wig? I would be the emo she, vampire. <laughs> she, she would be, you know, have the job at the blood bank. And <laughs> she was the only thing that kept the vampire game from becoming a blood festival. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
We're all like, okay, we're just going to walk in here and talk to these people. All right, well, one says something mean to Elaine. Well, I cut his face off. John, well, I kick his, kick his brains in. That Man, was my I character. Eat him. Oh, Carly, man. I want to talk to people. <laughs> I move faster than he can see, and then I eat him. <laughs> that was my deal. I was like, well, I'm really fast, so yeah, fuck them all. They're dead. Oh, man. I was really angry. Shit happened. But Claudia did annoy me, and I she's my least favorite character. You should play that again. That John fun. is always the first one to lose his humanity in games. Not the one time you did. Oh, that's true. Because we went, to, you went to that one place and uh, is it one time in the thing? This is great, uh, great content. This is well, no, you guys snuck in and then there was fire and you have to check for fire. And oh, it scared me and it scared made me go into a frenzy and then I, that was the dog fighting ring, yeah. or the wolf fighting ring, or which something. I was going to save all the dogs. Those people were torturing dogs. <laughs> And yep. I did. I did have to That's talk you down. With the, <laughs> That's how I made buddies with my werewolf boyfriend. See this on our vampire podcast. But. Okay, that was a long time ago. That was a while ago. My favorite scene was the death of Claudia and Louis' revenge. Damn. My favorite line. She really didn't like Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's the scene like, I remember kill the kid. from this movie. Yeah, when, it like, is jarring. When yeah. I saw it once twenty years ago, that's the scene I remember from this movie. Uh, my favorite line is "Ah, but I know you did. I know you who regrets nothing. You who feels nothing. If that's all I have left to learn, I can do that on my own." That was also my favorite line. Thanks for that, Armand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object was the scythe. <laughs> you don't see a lot of those. You don't see a lot. She even left murders with them. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's worth watching. Johnny. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey, my favorite character is Lestat. Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite character is Claudia. My favorite line was um, one that Carly stole. So I'll go with uh, Monsieur. Take me. I adore you. Uh, wait your turn. <laughs> wait your turn. Yeah, I'll go with that because. Sure. That's the first thing I could think of after you stole my line. I thought you were going to go with the, don't go to that side of the table, there's the plague. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My favorite uh, scene Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, I'm having a hard time picking a favorite scene. There's a lot of good scenes. But we'll go with um, when Louis and Claudia try to kill Lestat and Lestat's freaking out. Just knowing that he'll be fine. And my favorite tertiary object is the tape recorder. <laughs> because if you it, like to pick a tape. Welcome back to the podcast. John's favorite tertiary object. The tape. Like, as soon as the movie started, he's like, oh, yeah, I got a bag full of tapes. I'm like, that's my oh, object. <laughs> sold. <laughs> and I'm done. Um, I gave this movie. I've always enjoyed this movie. Um, I do like this better than Queen of the Damned, if you can believe that. Thank God. It's a better story. <laughs> she said, thank a lot God. More, a lot more of it makes sense. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I really wish they would do more with this series, like make more movies. Make like a HBO miniseries. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Like sp- put some money behind it like they did Game of Thrones. It could be huge. Mm-hmm. So get those assholes over at HBO to think about that. Elaine? All right. Well, first of all, Audra and Ken. Oh, good. Give this movie a yay. Oh, good. Of course they do. Their, uh, their least favorite character, I sh- guess I should write John... Carly. I love how she's talking. Audra. Am I going to be the first person to get like six yays? She's, <laughs> she's reading. Um, there, uh, Audra says her least favorite character is Kirsten Dunst's character. She's annoying. Claudia. I'm blanking on her name. Then, I'm reading the text message. So there's three for Claudia. And then row. she says, Louis yeah. is my favorite character. I don't have a fave scene or a least favorite scene. I'm getting the movie and the book mixed up in my head. The book is better, LOL. But I still like the movie. All right. All right. So uh, my favorite character is Lestat. 
I really enjoyed it. Tom Cruise is really good in this. Tom Cruise is pretty good. He's a good actor. He's crazy pants, but he's a good actor. (laughs) I really liked him in Tropic Thunder. My least favorite character (laughs) is Claudia. I dislike her more now than I do. Like, you really, I guess the older I get, the more you see the monster. It's funny because I hated her more as when I was younger, but I hate her less now, but I still hate her. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was kind of done to her. Yeah. And she has to deal with this whole other, you know, I hate her less now than I did when I was younger, but I still hate her. I also That's want to point out, like, Kirsten Dunn did a great job with this. Yeah. At 10 years old. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. My favorite scene is when he meets Santiago in Paris. I just think it's a good, fun scene. That's a good scene. My favorite tertiary object is Armand's red velvet suit. Uh, my favorite line movie. is when they murder when Claudia thinks she's murdered Lestat and says, Good night, sweet prince, may flights of devils wings or may flights of devils wing you upon wing you to your rest. God, I'm sorry. Words I'm are hard. Good. I love that line. Um so I wasn't sure I would yay this because I have I didn't really wasn't interested in watching this again because I have seen it quite a few times mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't really need to revisit this. But I did quite enjoy it, so I am going to give it a yay. And it does make me want to read the books again. I know. I've been thinking so that. last time I watched this, I put it on randomly like six months ago and Lynn got mad. Like, oh, why are you watching this? I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. Oh, she did. But it does. It just make, It always makes me want to reread the books because there's a lot of... I like how she, the books go back in all this weird vampire lore. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it's if you haven't watched it in a while, you should give it a chance. It's good. It still holds up. Um, so shock of all shocks. My favorite character is Lestat. Mm-hmm. Least favorite character is Claudia. My favorite line is God kills indiscriminately, and so shall we, for no creature under God are as we are, none so like him as ourselves. My favorite scene is pretty much any time Claudia and Lestat start fucking with each other and bickering <laughs> at each other, because I always think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's like, um she's like, I got you something. And he goes, well, I hope it's a woman with endowments you'll never possess. He's <laughs> always fucking with her, and it's cool. And, and when you look at it, it looks like he's fucking with a child. But yeah. she's like yeah, yeah. But she's 45, yeah, 50 years yeah. old at this point. Um, my favorite Trisha object, and this is stupid and weird, but uh, when Louis sets New Orleans on fire, they have the fire department comes, and they have that old school fire department. Fire like truck, like carriage? you see back in old like Popeye cartoons or whatever, where mm-hmm. one guy stands on one side and one on the other, and they pump it back and mm-hmm. forth, and it sprays water. I thought that was funny. Cause I don't think I've seen that. So a things. water pump is your favorite truck? It's driving? a fire engine. An old school fire truck, kind of. But Vintage. It was, Vintage. It, was, it was it was funny looking. I like that. Um and yeah, of course I gave this movie. Oh, so you picked it. Well, look at Even that, though. Tony. I got eighteen yays. <laughs> I'm gonna call everyone I know. And, Mm-hmm. often get that many yays in one movie. I'm lucky if I can get a couple yays. <laughs> we stop picking Jack Frost too. Well, <laughs> Carly. But they're classics. All right, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Twitter at unmovie podcast on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from you. How many more yays can you guys give Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes he doesn't get any, so. That's true. I Next like week. My own movie. On the podcast. Is Carly's pick. We're going to do Definitely Maybe from 2008. Okay. Ryan Reynolds and Rachel Weiss. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. And what is the it's other one? Fisher. Yeah, it's Fisher. That's the name I could remember. Who I think is better than Amy Adams, and I think Amy Adams gets 
the rolls that Isla Fisher should get. <laughs> She'd have been better. That was lame. We really love her. She'd have a hard time keeping them apart. I'm not gonna lie. There, there's. <laughs> but I really don't like Amy Adams. But Isla Fisher's always enjoyable, and I wish she would get Amy Adams rolls. <laughs> I support that. <laughs> See, this version doesn't have any woos. And yeah. it, was, it was like I, I was like, man, I was thinking, listen to a podcast. They were talking about the movie The Doors. Okay. And I was like, man, I want to listen to some Doors music. Have you listened to Come On Baby, Light My Fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The song, I, mean, I think that's the song I listen to. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Because it's Come On Baby, Light My Fire, We Can't Get Much Higher, blah, 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 blah. And then it's instrumentals for like 10 minutes. And then he says <laughs> it again at the end. I'm like, fuck, man. But you shouldn't actually listen to The Doors. <laughs> Jim Morrison was a drunken buffoon. Although that the Val Kilmer movie is pretty good. Yeah, they talked about fucking long. They talked about that on the podcast. They said it's fucked up because everyone else that's ever done one of those movies has gotten an Academy Award or at least nominated, and he's the only one that didn't. Like, he did a really good job. Yeah, he sang too. You know what I love about that movie? Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. Have to watch it. (laughs) Kevin Dillon's in it. Matt Damon's brother played Johnny Drama. Mm Okay then. 